across the UK, online and on DAB. Get an earful of unusual nocturnal emissions with radio's Lord of Misrule, Ian Lee. No relation, thank God. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Well, Catherine's late. Look, the show is the show is beginning. I've been and gone late. Okay, all right. Let's see. Okay, you're going to sit over there tonight, are you? Yes. Late night alternative. Um, my uvula is huge today. Boasting. It is huge. I've never... I, honestly, I, I woke up this morning and I coughed and something felt wrong. And I went to the mirror and looked and my uvula, I can make sit on my tongue. This is, this is true. This is... You know, the uvula is the little boxing punching bag at the back of the throat. It, it's swollen... And it can, I can, if I, I won't do it now, but I, I will do it at some point. You're going to see it. It's his favourite thing today, if so I, you're going to see it. If I go, oh, it sits on the back of my tongue. It goes up and don't, sits. Well, don't go, oh, then. Well, I'm, I want people to know that I'm very poorly. And I'm, yeah, I'm But still, you don't like to talk about I it. I do like to talk about <laughs> it. I'm being a very brave soldier. <laughs> Um, Robin Ince is here. Good evening, Hello. Robin. Let's, we're gonna I've had that before with the Uvula. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, normally during the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And uh, you have that night where you think, I've got to swallow whatever's stuck in my throat. And no. then you realise you've actually been trying to swallow your own throat. <laughs> and then you go to uh, a high street chemist and they always have a set. They go, well, we do have something under the counter. And they bring up this incredible drink that's made of kind of vinegar wow. and honey. And it's disgusting. And it's disgusting enough for you psychosomatically to think, well, it must have cured me in some way. It's, um, they have medicines under the counter? Well, it's just, like, medicines that are so unglamorous. Medicines that are so much a 17th century apothecary with all manner of spider's legs hanging in them that they think best to keep that hidden. I don't want to... By the way, I've got... This coffee's got, um, coconut milk in it. Oh, I've got yours in There we go. This is, this is terrible. So, I I don't want to sound racist, but... Oh, God. Those Chinese herbalists... What is what is that about? I went to one once. Thank you. I went to once when I was at, at university because I had a, a this kind of mark on my face that that came about because I had quite sensitive skin on my face. And when I was working at B Jams, um, the young lad who was working there squirted B Jams. The... Oh man! Can I just say that you might as well between B Jams and Rumbelows, yeah. you've created a Proustian sense of delight yeah, for me. There, yeah. <laughs> I got my BBC micro from Rumbelows. But he squirted me in the face with Jif, and it set up a chain reaction. Stop. Hello? Jif lemon or Jif for the toilet? Uh, Jif lemon. Oh. And anyway, uh, so for years I had like a big red mark there that would sometimes postulate. And at university I I was kind of into, I was into crystals. I went on a crystal healing course, which I've mentioned before. (laughs) It was true. And I thought, well, I'm going to go and try the Chinese... Herbalists, and I went in. I said, "Look, I, I don't suppose you can cure this." And they said, oh, "We can cure anything. We can cure anything." I said, "Well, I've got this," and and she looked at it and she went, "Right, I know exactly what you need. Basically, a load of old leaves and bark and stuff, and I had to boil it up every day and drink it every day." And she said, "Within two weeks, that is going to be gone." And of course, a month of drinking this, and it was still still there. Uh, did you take that up with her? Or? I didn't go back. Yeah. That's why she thinks she's curing everyone. <laughs> they refuse to go back. I didn't go back. But they're allowed... They're allowed. They're allowed to set up in the high street. There was one in Windsor High Street, I noticed today. That's not... Why have we not 
Why have we not arrested these charlatans? Because no one goes back. Okay, all right. What you need, by the way, the next time you get a GIF injury, is you need to take a homeopathic amount of pancake, and uh, (laughs) that will actually cure you. Now, Robin Ince is here. Robin has got a book. I'm a joke, and so are you. And my um, six, he's nearly seven, my nearly seven-year-old youngest son, who I only found out last night, thinks that a screen is called a scream. We were talking about that. He said, look at the TV scream. I said, I beg your pardon? The TV scream, look at that. And I said, oh, um, he thought the ti- he thought the title of this book was hilarious. Good. He saw it in my car and he was in hysterics. I'm a joke and so are you. And he just absolutely wetting himself with laughter. So the nearly seven-year-old market, Robin, cornered it. As long as they don't open it in the no. shop. As long as they buy it at the point of cover, everything is absolutely fine. Or if you can somehow get it so it opens at the page with Nina Conti and Monkey, then oh, that, yeah, would, that, that would was a it. lot of fun. She's brilliant, isn't she? Yeah, it was... I've not seen her for years and years. She was always one of my favourite turns. Well, she just... It gets better and better, and it's such a... If, if, I'm sure you've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it. Just this... The routine where, basically, she's got Monkey, her... her and then she removes Monkey, but yeah. she keeps being a ventriloquist just with a hand, and then the hand drops down, and she's still being a ventriloquist, and then she opens her mouth, and out comes the yeah. voice of Monkey. And that, to me, is up there with uh, watching Dead of Night or any of those portmanteau things where, <laughs> I'm a ventriloquist, and he's alive. Yeah. He's alive. Oh, don't be so silly. He did the murder, not me. It really <laughs> did feel like that moment. What was that? Um, what's the uh, Anthony Hopkins magic? Uh, magic, where um, he's an old, he's an old boozer. I'm not. I watched that when I was eleven. When when we first got our, our video recorder, it must have been nine or ten. And we were allowed to tape anything. We, and I, magic for a nine-year-old boy is kind of a heavy. Have you seen it? I don't think so. It, it, it's, it's great. I don't know if it would stand the test of time, but he plays like a boozy old ventriloquist and his dummy comes to life, tries to kill him, but d- is it his dummy coming to life? Is it him who's doing it? Is it actual magic? I can't Blimey. remember the mm. twist of it, but it was for a nine-year-old... That was heavy. Yeah. It was one of the only three films that our generation could watch. It was uh, Magic, yes. uh, The Wild Geese and The Medusa Touch. <laughs> they were the three films that were always somehow available. When you went into video... Kids these days with their YouTubes and their Netflix, you get anything, and your, your torrents, you can get anything. We would go in... You're right, we'd go into a video store... I mean, you were lucky to have three, because I'm guessing you have VHS. We have Betamax. No, of course we have Betamax. My dad thought it was the future. There we go, posh. Well, it should have been. The quality was superior. The quality was great. This is the thing. Thank you. They just didn't make decent porn on it. That's the problem. Even into the 90s, you would still hear a parent saying, I mean, the thing that's so ridiculous (laughs) is it really, the tape doesn't go through as many spools. I mean, it's ridiculous. I used to love it. Um, So, what? I'm only halfway through your book, and the look of disappointment on your face... When I can, I, I was struggling. To, <laughs> I was struggling to read a Carly Simon book that I found quite hard. We've got Jeff Goldblum tomorrow. I, I, you've kind of fallen between two stools, Robin. I love the fact that this Carly Simon book is worse than when I tried to read Bertrand Russell's <laughs> History of Western Philosophy. So many big words, phenomenology. What's going on? I couldn't get through it. I felt so sorry for her. I had to keep putting it down. Very sad story. The Carly Simon story, used basically, mm. used by men. For their, for their sexual pleasures and gratifications, basically. Oh, a, a book I'd recommend, quite an old book now. Simon Garfield, who wrote The Wrestling, has written many other yes. interesting documentary books. His, I think his first one's called Expensive Habits, and each chapter is about how people in the music industry are ripped off, how the artist is oh. ripped off. And then the final section of the book, which is an enormous section, is basically all about Hazel O'Connor. Oh. And it turns out every single She way, did all the ripping off. All, all the different... <laughs> all the, <laughs> 
all the different ways of being ripped off she had done to her. Really? Horrible. And it is, like you say, there's certain oh, books, no. you read it, and then you go, I need to just stop now, because yeah. there's just a general sadness. Yeah. Uh, we've got a phone call. Oh, by the way, so Robin's here. We're talk about the book. We'll talk about, um... Well, I would talk about the fact that two days ago, it was the 20th anniversary of the 11 o'clock show. Mm. Wowzers. Uh, what, what did you do to celebrate? Uh, I played uh, <laughs> Crick Howell, a small village in Wales. Oh, there you go. OK. Well, I, I made... They didn't have it because of S4C, so uh, it was fine. I, I made vaguely racist and homophobic slurs to random people in the street, and it was great, it was great times. Um, <laughs> At uh, the Elephant Castle shopping centre again. Yeah, well, no, well that's, is that's, they're knocking that down, and I just think... Is it because of you? Or? I think... Um, I remember once going there, and uh, well, we used to go there all the time because you got um, you got people that couldn't speak English and mental people. That was that was it. I mean, basically, that was it. That's what we went there for. And um, what well, our former colleague at Three Counties would call a vox face. There we go, vox face. Yes, very much likely. a vox face. And um, a security guard came out one day, and he uh, and we said, "Well, it's not a problem. We're we're outside the shopping centre." He said, "No, no, no. It's, you, you're allowed to do it. It's just." Well, we've been. This has been going on for months, and we didn't know how to say this. But I've got to come out and say it. Your um, microphone is interfering with the bingo, and we're hearing a lot of what you're saying, and some of it's just a little bit too fruity <laughs> for the old people. Some people are getting offended. So I just wanted. Can you change the frequency? Gosh, and... and those are people who've been through the war. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. I can't believe it. So there was a godlike intervention that told you you had a calling to be a bingo caller, yeah. and nevertheless you ignored it. Is that what it was? Well, this is kind of bingo calling. Um, 0344 499 You know the rules. You can phone in and, and talk to Robin about whatever you want, or you can just phone in and, you, you know, we have a phone call. I don't know if it's for us. Put your headphones on. It's, um, uh, it's David. Hello, David. Uh, yes. Uh, you were talking about Uvalas, weren't you? I've had mine now. You've had your you've had your Uvula out. Yeah, they took it out because I had sleep apnea, and um, it, they thought it was making me choke at night. But that wasn't the issue. Oh, um, my tonsils were the issue on a serious note. But no, I mean, they took on it the, out on a serious <laughs> note. The tonsils, but the Uvula's just a bit of fun. So, but but uh, hang on, why did they take it out? Did it swell to an enormous size? Well, they thought it was making me. Uh, Throat block up and uh, wow. what is it for? I used to wake up choking. I and mean, this is serious stuff. I could have been dead, but wow, gosh, well, we're lucky life. to have you here with us and this evening. Thankful, it, yeah. And and when they took it out, I said, Can I have it? And they said, No, we've got to throw it in the incinerator. This is the I thing, said, this is the thing that gets me like... when you have a bit of I don't know if you've ever had an operation and had bits of your body removed, Robin. You're not allowed to ask. We can ask, but they won't give but you the bits on. back. If you chop your neighbour's bush, you've got to throw it back. Sorry? But they can pull things out of you and not give it back to you. Oh, if a neighbour does an operation on you, then uh, you it does back. have to be thrown back. But if anyone in the medical profession does, then they've got a totally different <laughs> set of rules. That, they've, got to, they've got to chuck your testes or your <laughs> over the over the over the fence into if your they're garden. Hanging over, then that's what's got to happen. Ha- and how um, how did how was your life different since losing that, David? Well, I, you know, like you you sort of oh, you, you 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 could like oh. Well, you can't finish a sentence, you it would appear. I don't know if that's a direct you, result. You, you, you can, like, breathe out in a certain way, and you can move it, can't you? You, you know, and it flaps around, and I can't flap it around anymore because okay. it's not there. Well, David, thank you very much indeed. It's a beautiful image. Uh, someone has t- texted me, tweeted me, that uh, Lizzie says you can get uvula, pi- uv- uvula, uvula mm. piercings. You can get Why? Them pierced. Why? 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 Wow. <laughs> that's prompted a reaction. Oh, who's going to see it? Um, your dentist, 
your lover. Mm. Even as a kind of, if if it was meant to enhance some form of kissing, then you have to find no. the length of tongue that's correct. No, this doesn't. It can work only out be for the pleasure of Gene Simmons if he's if you're kissing <laughs> him or a cow. It can't be. It can't be. And we're going to go it. It can't be for oral well. pleasure, can it? Because a lot of these piercings in the tongue and in the genitals are for, are for, for pleasure during sex to increase stimulation. Uh, the tongue is supposed to be, I've never experienced it, a pierced tongue is supposed to be incredible for um, oral sex on either a man or a woman. But that's that's too far back. I mean, that is... Um, what, uh, Lizzie, I'm, I'm assuming you've got it done, because you've tweeted me, you, you, and you look the sort from your avatar. Let us know why, let us know why, um, why you did it. Who thinks of these things where they look at that, perverts. wobbling about and go, oh, I, can, I could jazz this up. Perverts. It's perverts. Remember we had um, like three counties where we met. This guy, this caller came in one day. Oh, God. And he went, oh, I've got, I've got my balls pierced. Oh, that's great. And then he just stood up and whopped them out. And just, you know, just very close, I'm offering, so very close with his, his pierced testicles out. Why would you yeah, display for, that? Thanks for making me leave the room for that, by the way. I'm very grateful. Um, we'll talk about, we will talk about the book in a second. Oh, and you've got the None of those things are in the book, by the way. <laughs> if anyone is now being turned off the idea of the book, no, there are neither illustrations <laughs> nor paragraphs. There's always a second edition. But I'm, I'm prepared to doodle in mine, and when I finish, give it away. Um, 0344 499 1000. Um, this is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Um, Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, we're joined by Robin Ince. Um, oh, I guess I guess we've worked together on and off, mainly off, but on and off for, <laughs> well, for about 20, 20 yeah, years. Yeah, we'll Were you there at the beginning of the 11 o'clock show? When did you...? No, I was uh, halfway through series, or beginning of series two. Uh, I started to do uh, John Peel meeting... Oh, Paul Parton doing a disco for him and things like that, and uh, it was rather fun. One of the most uncomfortable experiences of, of many on the 11 o'clock show was, remember the Christmas special we did? Oh, it was with a, Frank Carson. Was Frank Carson yep, on it? Frank yes. Carson was and on that. And James were playing. They had yeah. a band. It was, and we suddenly, for some reason, we all moved into the bigger studio. Oh, so normally gosh, we're in the small yeah. studio of maybe 200, 150, and then we're in a bigger studio that held like five, 600. It was massive, and this, it was the same... It was like when they do a movie version of a TV show where the set looks the same, but it's not quite right. And it was the same with this. The set just felt bigger. And I remember, I think it was, was it you doing John Peel and Alex Lowe doing Jimmy Savile? That's right, yeah. Wow. I don't think that's available on YouTube anymore. I think it is, actually. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think it is. Um, But but your microphones died. Yeah. So the audience couldn't hear any, any of it. But I guess it was Dom English, the producer, was going, no, carry on, we'll, we'll, we'll just dub the laughter in later. And so it was like, it was a long old sketch. It was like five, six minutes long. Wow. And nobody in the studio could hear anything. Zero laughter. Fair play to you two. You just both just kept carrying on like the couple of old pros that you are. <laughs> of course, Alex Lowe came off afterwards going, oh, God, I was awful, I was terrible. You had to... Oh, I hope it. Kenneth Branagh wasn't watching that. <laughs> Bloody hell, I haven't had a decent part for him since I played the woodsman in Peter's Friends. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was such an uncomfortable... The whole thing was bizarre, because also I was doing the warm-up on it, because I used to do the warm-up on the show, having presumed it was 156. They went, oh, you can still do the John Peel. Now, that would have worked in a 150-seater, a man in a beard, in flares, dressed like that. <laughs> but then trying to engage six... Yeah, it was very... Yeah. And then Frank Carson just didn't stop. I mean, Frank Carson was Frank Carson. Yeah. If you invite Frank Carson, you don't expect to have kind of Samuel Beckett-style pauses and silences. It's just... Boom, boom, boom. yeah. yeah. It was strange. a very strange and relentless show. It's a very strange experience. Um, 
let's let's speak to Alan, then we're going to talk about the book. I'm a joke and so are you. I've tweeted the links to it and I'll tweet them out again. And if there are specific links where you get more bang for your buck, Robin, then let me know. No, it's, I mean, you know, if, if people can, it's nice if people do, you know, kind of independent things, more independent things. Yep. But any anyway, I'll make no difference to me. I just hope people read it. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll check that the Big Green Bookshop, they're our independent oh, of choice. Oh, I will be, uh, I'm doing a show for them in December, I think. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. All right, then we'll, 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 make, we'll find the link on their website because they are um, our independent bookshop of choice. We like them. They do a lot of good work and it's a cool shop. But um, Alan Caddick's on the line. Good evening, Alan. Hi, Mark. Hello, Alan. How are you? Hello, man. I've got another 10-hour death announcement. Hang on. Who's do- Alan phones us up to tell, to tell us who's, who's died. He's quite, a not-so-grim reaper. He yeah, loves it. Quite often, quite, quite in sensitive ways, but not deliberately. Um, but who, who who's passed away now? Flog it. Sorry? The programme Flog it. Well, it was, oh, OK. Um, I, I like Flog It. I like the guy that presents it. You wear a Flog It? Yeah, I think I've seen it a bit. But was that one of those kind of five in the afternoon yeah. things? Yeah. Because well, they're having a big revamp of daytime television, apparently, is is the they thing. They better not mess with Four in a Bed. Well, no, this is the BBC. <laughs> this is the BBC. So Four Good. in a Bed is going to... But By the way, tell Robin, he'll be impressed. How many Four in a Beds have you got um, <laughs> series linked on your box? Turns out about 160. Whoa! Yeah. That's wow. insane, isn't it? I'm going to have to take some time off to watch <laughs> them. <laughs> Um, that's, that's sad, Alan. You must be very upset by that. Yeah, because I didn't know it was going for 17 years. Yes, 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 well, it, it, it certainly has. Um, what are you going to do now that it's going? Much more pointless. Okay, there you go. Well, that, that's that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, I'm Alan. glad he mentioned pointless. All I want to say is I'm much better than Jim Clearly on that. Well, hang on, did you, did you go on pointless? Yep. Did you win? Uh, yep. And it is, and I had to keep it secret. I, I took it seriously. Yeah. Don't say. Don't. And then they didn't put the episode out for about eighteen months. They it was me pages, and Kate they? Williams against uh, John Cooper Clark. This in the Doctor John Cooper Clark. Wow. And I remember thinking, oh, I won't take it seriously, but I just hope I'm not embarrassed. Uh, yeah. You know. And then by round two, you go, we better win this. Yeah. Kate and Kate was like, yeah. And and you could see Zander Armstrong getting because he was like, come on, hurry up, everyone! I've got a big dinner to go to. Yeah. Some, <laughs> Tory MPs and stuff. Hurry up, hurry up. No, you do not hurry us up. You're asking us about the lowest exporting coffee growing nations, and we're going to think this through because we want a little bit of perspex. Anyway, (laughs) non-equatorial Guinea is a good answer. And did you did you win the grand prize as well, or did you just get to the final? No, no, no. We did. We had a pointless answer. But what in the last round? Yeah. Wow. Because I didn't. I I, I was doing it with Cheggers, and we didn't. But we got those lovely little trophies that is now, I think it's in my garage in a plastic box. I'm not totally sure. I might give it to the boys. It's such an interesting... Because that bit we go, now hang on a minute, now I myself would think Sid Barrett would be quite a popular answer, but now hang on a minute, let me go into the minds of that whole thing. Yeah, And I hadn't really... I was aware of it, and I'd seen bits of it. Alan, sorry, could you breathe a little... I just had an idea of a topic. That's okay. Well, hang on, let's just breathe. Hold on to that idea. We're sharing sharing pointless stories, so just, just hold your breath if you can, or breathe softly, my love. Okay. I was aware of it, but I wasn't completely aware of it, you know. And and I did it because they, they, they paid me a grand, you know. Would you do it? I said, yeah, of course I do. Fantastic yeah, money, on. on. Oh, oh, oh great! Now this is great. A level of animosity <laughs> Sorry, in the studio. Robin. And I did it, and I was the first person to answer a question. And before and he asked me the question, I said, Alexander, can you can you just remind me what I'm here, what I'm supposed to do again? It was a genuine thing. First answer, and I wasn't bothered. First answer. Pointless. Suddenly I was in. Suddenly I was hooked. The show had its claws in me. And I was hooked. And when we, um, when we beat Rav from Crime Watch and, um, 
Michelle Heaton from Liberty X. What a what a day! And <laughs> Anthony Costa from Blue. And we destroyed those suckers. But then there was that small incident. Oh, well, I was accused of, of of being a racist. Yes, there was there was. There was <laughs> I was accused of being a racist, and uh, which, which you know, I, I I was watching the show with my boys. And then we went and had dinner, and I, and I thought, right, well, the show's finished. I'll check online just to see people saying nice things about me. And then there's Daily Express, Ian Lee and racist slur and pointless. Uh, the Metro, Ian Lee is a, is a racist. And it, what it was, we had to do bands from... Um, pointless bands that had won Brit Awards in certain years. 1997, there were two girls in a shop... Right, and I said corner shop would have been around about the right time. Okay, they were they were Asian looking girls, and if you look closer, they were stood next to spices. It was the Spice Girls, but then it became out that I was a ra- massive racist because of that. What's your judgment? And this is well, important. I'm just impressed by how long you managed to keep it in. That's the main thing. <laughs> I think the. Uh... You know the truth. It's still a grand. You got a grand. Got a grand. Um, Shut Alan. up. Shut up. Can't believe it. <laughs> Tokens. Yeah, but... Tokens again. Yes, Alan. Um, I've got the idea of a topic doing, talking about the pointless trophy. Oh yeah. What games? What was your favourite game show? Memento. Well, what's yours? A ceramic dusty bin. Oh, I had one uh... of them. Well, did you win one? I actually made one. <laughs> That's brilliant. How did you make it? In school. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's explained so much, Alan. Have you got? Could you send us a photo of it? Yes, I can. Uh, I'll, I'll email it in inlee.com. Thank you very much, Alan. I look forward to seeing your homemade dusty bin. Oh, I can tell you when I worked with Ted Rogers as well. Oh, go on. Yeah, musical, Wimbledon Theatre. Ted Rogers, Sue Pollard, Freddie Parrott, Face Davis. Fantastic. I remember another comedian saying to me, why are you doing that? I said, let me repeat. Ted Rogers, <laughs> Sue Pollard, Freddie Parrott, Face Davis. It that's, was fascinating. That's inc- what, what musical was it, it? It was called That Showbiz. It was written by Jimmy Perry. Uh, wow. And I met him on some daytime TV show, and it was fascinating because what happened was I turned up, and everyone was a little bit worried because they were going, oh, there's an alternative coming. An alternative. Coming. alternative, an alternative. Comedian, yeah. I hadn't slept very well, and uh, they went, oh, OK, let's do the first dance routine uh come on robin and i went oh oh i don't dance and of course jimmy perry hadn't realized that the modern comedian is very short on skills yeah. whereas of course the old style comedian they can sing they do can everything. dance they do the whole thing and uh well anyway by the end of the morning i'd been taken out of five of the dance routines and uh, every night at the end of the show when we'd sing dirty old comics fighting for laughs i could hear carmen silvera tutting as i was yet again <laughs> out of time i've had an interesting career wow. at times when was when was that 1997 okay. and it was great it was such a fa- working with because I, I still love all of that kind of old world. It's yeah. like I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching footage of the Grumbleweeds. In yeah. particular, Morris and Robin, like in, in you know when they just became a double act. There's such lovely timing. There's yeah. such a kind of joy. And now you know Robin Colville does it with uh, another guy who's come in and he swapped roles as opposed to being the straight man. He's oh. now the kind of crazy one. Isn't that funny? And and I, I'm addicted to those things. It's like th- I remember Matt Lucas saying to me once. He goes, "I've got a weird thing." He said, "I'm people find me so strange, but I." I love watching just old episodes of Three, Two, One. I went. There's nothing bizarre no, about that it. at all. They used to no. show them on Challenge TV a lot, yeah. and, and I'd, I'd watch. I could watch two or three back to back. Did you see that brilliant series they did on ITV, Last Laugh in Vegas, where they took Sue Pollard, Cannon and Ball, Bobby Crush, and a couple of others, Mick Miller, Mick, Mick Miller, Miller yeah. to Last. Did you see and any Jess of that? Conrad? Jess Conrad. Jess Conrad is a mate, because uh, last time I went to see Panto was at the Aylesbury Waterside. You got to say Jess Conrad is a mate of yours. No, 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 he's amazing. Oh, in, I thought you were going to say... Of, 
because I think for our gen, I, I saw him in uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat, as well, and he? Yeah. Uh, he must have been about fifty then already. Yeah. Uh, but w- when I went to see Panto, and uh, there was a bit, I think uh, Anita Dobson was in it, yeah. And uh, and then when when Buttons comes out and he goes, and we got some celebrities in the audience, ladies and gentlemen, he's the king of showbiz, Jess Conrad. Wow, and Jess stands up like that. But of course, for a lot of generations, yeah. Jess Conrad is he's in a weird yeah yeah yeah. Well, it's a fascinating career. I don't know that much about him, but I love the fact that even at this age, he still plays the role of the huge star. That that I don't know whether it's put on or it's now him, but that kind of that slight arrogance, that looking down his nose at everyone still else. Still a dreamboat, isn't he? He's, you know, he's and, like eighty-three or yeah. something, isn't he? And he, and he always he mentions the Botox and everything, yeah. doesn't he? But what we love about them, we celebrate on this show a lot. Um, the kind of the older comedians. We've had Tommy Cannon on and Eddie Large and uh, and, and Bernie Clifton. You know, all of that. We kind of oh, celebrate. Bernie Clifton is... Oh, he's nuts. But he's is absolutely... He great? Yeah, he's he's brilliant. Yeah. And I think hugely underrated. Yeah. I think if you watch what Bernie Clifton does... I remember when he did his thing, sometimes he used to do this bit where he'd sing, you got to have tape. You've got... And he wanders around the audience, basically with a tape dispenser, a kind of, you know, parcel-packing tape dispenser, and then until they're all entangled... Up. And then he just goes, oh, I don't really know how to finish this i don't know how to get anyone out you know and it's, so everyone just is just <laughs> and i remember someone saying about he has these huge inflatables in his box like big gondolas yeah. and and an inflatable numb and i think it was a bristol colston bristol colston hall i was doing something with him there and uh someone said uh said so that at, right at the end uh bernie we have to make, we're going to make all the doors open so you can get the huge inflatable nun on stage blah, 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 and they've got everything set up and every single but they're all there and he just forgot to do it and there's just <laughs> someone waiting with an inflatable nun and everyone and it's just yeah he's 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 magnificent. And those people are... And we, we started kind of getting them on the show after... Um, what year was it that everyone died? 2016. 2016. <laughs> when everyone died and, you know, people were dying and the next day they go, oh, we love them so much. Mm. And we kind of thought, well, let's get them on now and tell them that we love them now. And what was great watching that show, particularly with Cannon and Ball, just their years of, of training, their timing was incredible. Mm. You know, they could read each other. They could. There, there was a bit where they just had to... They were in a rehearsal room, and they're playing music, and to loosen them up, everyone has to, one at a time, just dance across to the other side of the room. And uh, Bobby Ball was the last one, and he starts moonwalking. And it was brilliant! Yeah. And he, he moonwalked brilliantly, and it was just hilarious, because it came from nowhere. Uh, my favourite is uh, on one of the shows where they sing Sometimes When We Touch... Mm. And it, it's almost like only at the final rehearsal did they go, hang on, Tommy, I've just looked at the lyrical content of this and, <laughs> and it doesn't kind of match up with what... And their chairs are so far apart that they barely fit on the TV screen. It's just... Uh, uh, I still have I have the seven-inch single of We Are The Boys In Blue, right. which I got sent by the Rank Film Distributors because when I was a kid, I used to write to Rank Film Distributors about once every three months pretending I was doing a project about films, thinking they'd send me posters <laughs> for Lewis Collins' Who Dares Wins and the Wild Geese, and they just sent me increasingly large <laughs> posters for Cannon and Ball's Boys in blue yeah. till eventually I had one which was like 60 inches by 40 <coughs> inches wow. and the final time they also sent me the 7 inch single as if to go we know what you're doing <laughs> you're not going to get any Lewis Collins merchandise mate you said there's another one it's going to be a billboard yeah <laughs> so the book which my oh, yeah the, Robin Ince I'm a joke and so are you which 7 year olds find that title hilarious a comedian's take on what makes us human got Matt Haig's name on the front friend of the show Stuart Lee's name on the front so you've got two big names on the front 
What's it about? I've not read it. Uh, basically, <laughs> it's about... Uh, well, the idea is it, it originally started from uh, a, just over four years ago. Yeah. I was doing uh, a, an Edinburgh event. It was it was a, a night called uh, Cheap Than Therapy. And it was about... It was basically to raise money for Mind. And it was... Uh, uh, each night, different comics would come along and they'd either talk about their actual therapy or how comedy is therapy or whatever it is, stand-up yeah. routine. And the night I was doing it, I was doing it with a guy called Eddie Peppertone, who was a brilliant American comedian. And... In the interval before Eddie and me then did a kind of sit-down chat about comedy, everyone turned on their phone and I just saw the whole room, just people kind of went, oh. And said, oh, what's happened? I didn't have a, a phone with there. And they said, oh, do you not know? It's Robin Williams. And it was we were doing it wow. on the night that, that Robin Williams had, wow. had killed himself. And so we we still did the And Eddie had kind of known him. They weren't friends, but they were on friendly terms. Yeah. And we worked together. Um, then the next day, there were all of these articles in the press that just seemed to be tears of a funny man, another tragic clown stuff. Yeah. And, and I thought, these are... First of all, it belittles what happened. Just, ah, oh, well, of course, he was a clown, he's a comedian, this is bound to happen. And, and it also didn't take into... As a, in fact, very few people knew at the point, but Robin Williams also had very serious illness. And there were many other... We, yeah, we yeah. have no idea. Yeah. I mean, that would be... And so I started thinking around that point, which is there are so many clichés about comedians and this idea of, of, of the otherness of them. Mm. And actually what I think is interesting, having done it for, for nearly 30 years now, is that when you go on stage, you become an exaggerated version of yourself, right? So that, that is... Not everyone does, but a lot of the people I work with, mm. you know, Josie and Stuart, Josie Long and Stuart Lee and people like that, you know, you go on and you're just a slightly exaggerated version of yourself. And so actually, rather than comedians being different, if you look at the exaggerated version mm. and you work backwards... How much do you find out about all humans? So I, I kind of, the book is about, and I talked to neuroscientists and psychologists and uh, geneticists and lots of comedians as well, and people like Noel Fielding and, uh, and Sarah Kendall, and I talked to Alan Moore as well. Um, just trying to work out on each chapter, some of it's about social anxiety, some of it's about imagination, some of it's about inner voices, mm. some of it's about why we become who we become. Mm. I mean, because, again, with comedians, there's always that narrative. People love that narrative. The, uh, the, the oh, well, of course, something terrible happened in their childhood. Yeah. Um, but, again, of course, there's an enormous number of people who something happened, some loss or whatever it might be, who don't become comedians. But it does, by using that as the starting model, is to try and work out, you know, why are we the human beings we are? And then how do we cope? Because yeah. I think, you know, for stand-up is, it's a really fun coping mechanism. I mean, it can still drive you insane. And I know a lot of stand-ups where we go, I think this is the thing that's actually got me through. Or is it the thing that drove me mad? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So it's kind of looking at those... Stand-ups and- are... We- I mean, I did it briefly, and I was never considered myself a stand-up. It was always a means to an end for me. But it's a weird thing to do, isn't it? To, to say, right, I'm going to stand uh, in front of, you know, a complete room full of strangers and talk for 10, 20, 45 mm. an hour... And with the the intention, the main intention of making them laugh. It's a very, um, it's not the t- toughest job in the world. I mean, people that say that I think are wrong. But it's a very strange exposure to, to, yeah. to, to you know, just to, to expose yourself like that and put that much pressure on you. In, yeah, in another way, I was talking about this actually with Josie Long this evening in a book event, which is, it's the easiest part of the day. Okay, go on. Because you go on stage and, you know, you have, you know, we all have dud gigs and bad nights, but overall, you have an hour and a half or two hours where you're controlling the situation to some mm. extent. This is me, and you know what way they're looking directly at you, you're looking at them, you are you are controlling, whereas the moment you walk out in the street, there's people over there and there's people mm. over there, and are they looking and going, who's that weird bloke over there in that rubbish cardigan? Who's, yeah, so it's this, uh, for a lot of people I know, it's actually, it's like the happiest bit of the day. After the worry is then you're going, look, I'm being ridiculous, and I'm larking about, and... Um, 
And I th- so I think that's, you know, I, I know a few people who said, yeah, the, the bit on stage is easy. It's the other 22 hours, what which was, is a nightmare. What was your first... Because we've worked together, I don't actually know that much about you, Robin. What was your first gig? When did, what was the... What made you think, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna give this a go? How did that happen? Well, it was... I mean, the first thing was just when I... Uh, once I saw... I mean, I've always had things like Laurel and Hardy and the goodies. And then I saw Alexi Sale on OTT, the kind mm. of adult version of Tiz was, you know, which was such a naughty show OTT, to watch. OTT, yes, gosh. You know, where you'd have Alexi sell and Bernard Manning on the show you know it was kind of at that wow, point yeah. and, and then you know Rick Mail before that with Kevin Turvey yeah. and I just went this is the most brilliant thing in the world so I had a real and then I tried it when I was about 18 I did some terrible gig and then probably you know I, I started properly in about 1992 mm. so I was uh, but I, always, I knew I just really wanted to do it and it is a thing that can drive you mad but it is yeah it's just a I think I, I said to you before that there's at the moment in the book talk one of my favourite things is when when I talk a little bit about people who influence me and one night I thought ah oh, it's a bit of a quiet night tonight so I better, so I just suddenly sang Alexi Sale's wine bar song and to leap around on the stage pretend to be Alexi Sale basically just going wine bars aren't called wine bars because of all the people dining wine bars aren't called wine bars because of all the people whining ever had a multiple orgasm yes it made me sick I loved to love to hamster bird I killed it with a brick rumpty toodle pina colada half a... a pound of muesli what do you think of Shirley Williams? I want to go to the toilet. So doing something like that... <laughs> that is an, an amazing impression having, of Alexi Sale. That's well, there, was, there was a weird... Because I, I don't think I mentioned it in the book, but again, about the kind of difficulty sometimes of uh, when you become a comedian, you can... You know, it's not always easy for the, the partner. At the, and yeah. with Alexi, years ago, I got, to, I got to know him about, I don't know, eight or nine years ago. And I said, would you come and do a gig with me? I'm doing this gig with an epidemiologist and a bluegrass band, and I think we need, you know, an author as well. And he went, oh, I don't really do stand-up. I said, well, you don't have to do stand-up. Um, we just have a conversation. You can do what you do at book things or whatever. And uh, so Alex came along, rode on his bicycle to Dalston, and uh, and we stood on stage together and did a bit of stuff. And then I rang him up about four weeks later. I said, oh, there's a gig to try and help a library that's they're trying to close down in Kensal Green. Do you want to come do that? And he just, the first thing he went, Linda hates you. <laughs> and uh, Linda's his wife. I went, I've not even met Linda. He went, yeah, she hates you. You're trying to get me back being a stand-up. And then he said this thing. He said, Linda said, what are you thinking, Alexi? You were number 15 in the top 100 stand-ups of all time. Don't go back. You'll dilute the legacy. <laughs> and then that night he went on stage and he was just being all charming and, you know, doing the kind of talks. And then suddenly someone at the back shouted out, oh, you know, just one of those drunken moments yeah. of excitement where someone's had a flashback to the comic strip in 1981. And suddenly Alexi just leapt up in the air and he just started going, that's right, that's right, Alexi's here. <laughs> and I just looked at his wife, Linda, and she just put her head in her hands and you could just see her going, oh, God, the comic's alive again. <laughs> For 15 years, I've had a, an author, a, you know, an elevated author. The drug addict fine has wines. picked up uh, yeah. some coke and has gone back. <laughs> I used to use that library in Kensal Green. Is it, did they close it down in the end? Uh, if it's the one, I think, it's, it's the one that Mark Twain visited. And, uh, yeah, and I yeah. think now they tried to and I, I heard from someone the other day that there's volunteers there keeping it going. Oh, good. I like that. Um, you, you mentioned Madness. There is a great... I have read bit, uh, half the book. There, there's a great <laughs> bit... I have... I, honestly, this Carly Simon book was a nightmare. There's a great bit in there about the voices in our heads that mm. I guess we all have to a certain extent, don't we? But so it, you, you're suggesting that... Some, well, you're saying that some people are able to use the voices in their heads as a creative tool you do to a certain yeah, extent I, I think that's the thing is to make try and make them as as unintrusive 
and unobstructive as possible. There's Charles Fernerhoff, who, who I spoke to, who's written some, some wonderful books, including one all about how they're doing research into inner voices. And he, he talked to me about things like Pat Barker, the author of Ghost Road and, uh, and Regeneration, amongst others. Apparently, she basically just sits there and waits for her characters to walk into her head. And she, she doesn't control them at all. She just listens to them wow. and thinks, oh, good, Siegfried is soon saying lots today. That'll be helpful. <laughs> um, and, and again, all of... I, I think I know that I possess whatever voices I have in my head. But then when people do have problems, when, when it does seem like a uh, something separate, something which is, is you know, a, 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 an unpleasant voice, yeah. what they're starting to do with research, in, in the way that Nina Conti, of course, you know, has a puppet and, you know, ventriloquism, you create for that. that. I mean, Nina in the book, it's very interesting. She basically says that uh, she didn't realise, but, the you know, if anything, monkey's the honest bit, you know, and it's kind yeah. of... Um, but... Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so what they do is they create avatars. So people sit and they, they make a face. They make... So they actually oh. physicalise and go, right, this now is that voice that I have and this is what that voice looks like. And now, and that's part of, I think, a few times in the book, that thing that whether you're dealing with bereavement, whether you're dealing with intrusive voices, all the things... One of the things we can do as human beings is turn things into stories, turn them into an object, turn them into something... I mean, I found that when my mum died and, and then the first tour that I did after that, I did a couple of stories. They're quite stupid stories, quite mm. stupid stories around the time that she... But I think in some ways what I was doing, by being able to turn it into a story, mm. it made it, it... It was it was something that I could perhaps control more. Um, they, do, they do... I know with kids that have been abused, they do a thing where they get them to put, a, like, a glove puppet on and, and the puppet talks about what happens to save, mm. you know, the, so it's to save the kids talking about it. Did you, but you're, because quite, quite often my voice, it, my voices are different. It's funny the voices you hear. I, I, my negative voice, not so much now, it's kind of worn off a bit, but it still comes up. My negative voice is someone I went to college with. So 25 years ago, someone who I really looked up to and thought was very creative and very clever um, and was a friend, but was also a bit of a bully. Mm. And he, I mean, he stopped. We kind of stopped hanging out when I got the 11 o'clock show because he thought it was just everything that was wrong with, you know, with comedy, you know, that kind of Chris Morris ripoff. But his is the voice that I hear that says, well, that's no good. That's a ter- That's a lousy idea. Why do you think that's going to work? Uh, have your voices, are they different? Have you got people that say different things to they, you? I mean, a lot of them I say out loud. Right. Because I'm around the house quite a lot on my own. Singing so Sweet kind Caroline. Of, uh, yeah, Singing Sweet Caroline. Uh, I was explaining to someone today that sometimes I have the uh, actor Nicky Henson uh, in my Who's head. Nicky Henson? Uh, star of Witchfinder General, okay, uh, Psychomania, yeah, yeah. and uh, an episode of Faulty Towers, and a great, and also an RSC actor and stuff. And he had one of those 1970s voices where I'm wearing a cravat and I'm in a speedboat. And sometimes, <laughs> so it actually comes out, and I'll just walk around around the yeah. house going, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I think I'm going to have a cup of tea because I'm Nicky Henson. <laughs> so it's kind of, so I, I, I think a lot of my love of films and, and, and media and stuff like that, that, that kind of comes into it. But yeah. I, I've never, I mean, you know, I have the inner monologue, which is very judgmental, uh, but I kind of know it's another fragment of me that's yeah, yeah. just going, you know, that's the interest that, you know, for so many people with that strange mix of, uh, you know, self-loathing and high regard, mm. which is strange. Clash. That voice, the critical one, is that the one you're trying to entertain and make laugh? I don't. Th- I, I think it's a separate thing. I think it's. I think it's what I count as my reality. I think mm. it's. I mean, I was saying to you when I walked into the studio. You know, the, the moment you get a book out, you think, ah, oh, I wonder if it will be uh, ignored or hated. Yeah. And you find that you don't have the third voice that goes. It might go really well. Yeah. And 
and so and, and I think people have that to a greater or lesser extent and, and part of what you need to try and do um, and it's part of the thing that I'm kind of is, is to sometimes just go it's all right shut up yeah it's okay and that's wow. yeah, and it's a much greater battle I mean the, the tour that I'm doing at the moment is called Chaos of Delight and the whole two hours is just about things that I think are fantastic and delightful and wonderful and possibilities of the future mm. and, and by doing that for two hours it means that on stage I have to be really and I mean it and, yeah. it, and I do mean it if there are things that I really but then that means four hours of the night because for two hours afterwards I'm still happy and that and so I think but it is harder it's much easier to go on stage and go here's someone else to get really angry about who else is angry about oh, yeah. this thing and that's quite but then it means that you're just extending the anger of the oh, day. Well, well, that's what the, that's what we try and do with this show. It, it, you know, this is why we call it the late night alternative because every other show right now is doing Muslims, is doing Boris Johnson's mm. speech, is doing Brexit, is doing Trump, and we kind of thought, well, let's try and make a show that's celebratory. You know, that's why we got you in. We get people in that we like. We don't get every every person touting a book. We get people in we like, and we kind of celebrate. It doesn't always work. We don't always get it right, but you know, for three hours a night, we try and celebrate stuff celebrate community and stories and art you know and jeff goldblum to you know oh, i know great... i'm so envious but I it, it would be jeff so goldblum. easy to come on and go ah oh, man that boris johnson what, what a tosser you know and, and that or whatever but there's enough negativity around anyway. Is well, it's what... become such... It's, it's such a monetized thing oh, now. yeah. You know, the elevation of, of venality and spite, the trends of... And and I know it's, you know, it, it, there's a point... It's, it's, it's also much easier to... If you wander around, people think you're much clever. If you just, I'll tell you what, what is it about human beings? I went to Westfield Shopping Centre the other day and looked at them all. They're awful, just like yeah. insects. I saw someone in the nail bar. It's very easy to do yeah, that. Yeah. Make it an easy, it to, easy. It's like it's harder to... Um, write reviews of things you love. I, mean, I write, as you know, I, I write a column about radio for the big issue, yeah. and I write about you. Um, I only write about things that I like, because mm. I think there's loads of things out there that I probably won't like. But why don't I steer people to, hey, you might not know about this. But sometimes I go, oh, I've only got 200 words on this, because basically what I'm saying is, it's really brilliant, and it makes <laughs> me feel happy. To, and then you work hard enough, and you go, oh, no, I can write yeah. a whole column of this. But it's but harder. It's, it's, it's harder. Uh, we'll take a quick break. 0344 499 This is Talk Radio with Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle and Robin Ince. A star-crossed soapbox for Sailor Boys, oh. Stable Girls... Oh, I'm on the end. ...and Stripper Grands. It depends who you with and it depends on the situation. Late Night Speech Radio with a difference. Thank you. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Here we go. I'm just saying to, uh, to Robin, you seem a lot more relaxed than maybe ten years ago. I've seen you since then, but th- th- that's kind of when I, perhaps I saw you a bit more. You seem a lot more relaxed and chilled out. I think the kids say. Is that fit in with? Yeah, I mean, it's what we were talking about during during that break. There's just, I really do love what I do, yeah. and it really. I mean, that's why sometimes you can then hit a bit of a wall because when you get uh, sometimes I think the worst insomnia I get is when I'm doing a show that I love because it's as if your brain's going, I can find a way of pulling the rug from out of you, but. <laughs> Overall, yeah, I think I'm in a I'm in a very fortunate position where I I get to do really exciting and yeah. bizarre things, and you know you know standing on a stage, standing in Wembley Arena, interrupting Brian Cox after he's confused the audience for 25 minutes, and then being on a raised plinth doing an impersonation of Brian Blessed, <laughs> right, and then you go, there's 10,000 people watching me go, shut your face, Brian, oh, why aren't we going to Mars, you stupid bastard, <laughs> right now that, and you go. And you come off stage afterwards and you go, eh, 
Didn't think I'd get that opportunity in my career. I, I, I think last time I saw you was, was the book shambles, your podcast mm. that you do with Josie Long. Josie Long is one of the funniest human beings Brilliant. that ever existed. She's just great, and she should, we should put her on a throne and carry her around. <laughs> Honestly, I think she's great. I'm in love with her. Um, and, and, and I'd only... And that was maybe a couple of years ago. And I was it's quite... That's only about a year ago. Was it? Yeah. I'd only recently discovered the infinite monkey cage. And I don't know why, it just passed me by. I'd heard of it, I knew it existed, but I'd never really listened. And I'd started listening to it a little bit before I came in and did Bookshammer. And it was, it's so good. It's the it's, most fun to it's do. It's so good. It's, it's funny, it's, it's clever, it's intelligent. You learn something and you laugh. Honestly, I thought it was so brilliant. How, I don't know how that happened, though. How you ended up with Brian Cox, how that, that whole thing came together. It was kind of, I mean, in some ways it was an accident in the way that about 14 years ago, maybe 15, I started doing shows which mixed up a bit of science yeah. as well. And then I started, I used to do a show called The Book Club where I'd get lots of kind of fantastic, weird acts. Uh, there used to be uh, Gorka Gogo, who did fantastic films costumes and puppets and they used to do things like Elvis the Elephant Man Elvis wow. and uh, Liberani who was half Liberace and half Arnold Schwarzenegger in The Terminator <laughs> Liberani and uh, my mate Joanna Neary and Josie did a lot of them as yeah. well and we had lots of different people doing them and, and Noel Fielding turned up and stuff and um, and then I thought ah oh, right I've really enjoyed doing this but I wonder if I could take this ridiculous kind of variety show and put a bit of science in it as well yeah. so I would then get musicians and comedians and then every now and again I go and I'll just throw in a particle physicist yeah. and people think oh a particle physicist. I wasn't expect. Oh, oh, that's quite. Yeah, oh, I yeah, didn't know yeah. about. It. So that was kind of the start. Of- and then uh, I did a pilot with Brian. Uh, I can't remember the uh, Brian and uh, the scientist Adam Rutherford and Kevin Fong. And I was just down the line as a kind of you know intermittent uh, irritant to again break up the science a bit. Yeah. And someone listened to it and just thought, oh, hang on a minute maybe actually we want to do a show where you've got the intermittent irritant and uh, and the physicist. Yeah. And that's kind of where it came from. And our producer, Sasha, who is is, is remarkable and has a, a real tough job sometimes editing. I mean, oh, I know I when sometimes people come and see the live show, they think, well, I wasn't really expecting to be like that. And I go, yeah, this is the bits that you are not. Someone described me once, it's like seeing the id of Radio 4. <laughs> um, they've unleashed it. But it was... Um, so it happened, and I'd known Brian, and we'd done a few gigs mm. together, and we'd done stuff like that. And it's just, and especially after, I think about the third series, we really hit the stride. Mm. And, um, and it's a joy, and we both genuinely love doing it. Yeah. it it's like oh, you the, can tell that yeah, from listening like, to it. Yeah, yeah. we've got yeah. a new series, we're going to do it, what are we going to do? Oh, we're going to do one about you know, the, the latest things that we found out about particle accelerators, and we're going to do, yeah. we're going to have one where we've got a guest raven that comes on and actually does some tricks, which will be brilliant radio. And, you know, and... And I think that, and when we toured, I mean, we did last year and the year before, we did, I think, 150 dates together, and we only argued twice, and both times it was over equations. <laughs> and uh, and some of the technicians said, when we were doing, like, the arena tours, we've never seen two people just as relaxed, and we'd just be backstage, mucking about, mm. have a little in-joke, and then suddenly you go, the Brian Eno music's nearly finished, you better wander out there. And then, oh, welcome to He's the a phenomenon, uh, Brian Cox, because kids love him. My mum has got such a crush on Brian Cox. Dear God, it's, it's, it's horrific. Um, uh, and, it, and it's uh, and I was uh, and I didn't know in, until we, we chatted last year. You were doing these arena shows, and yeah, stuff. it's and crazy, that's incredible, man. Yeah, that's so it's exciting, absolutely. Uh, and it's brilliant. I mean, the fact that he can be such a big draw, yeah. you know, uh, uh, and and they're a joy to do is because just that balance between the science and then we do some mucking around and uh, and you look at the audience. P- people send mothers and fathers send pictures of their eight year olds who are sitting there with their exercise books out, making notes, <laughs> making notes, you know, in Nottingham Arena. Oh, I didn't quite get that. Sorry, can you just go back How a bit? Funny. And it's Isn't that um, great. And it's such a broad and the lovely when you get tweets from people going. 
I didn't really understand a word of it, but my ten-year-old's explaining now. It's getting a lot, and and <laughs> yeah, it's 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 uh, and book shambles. You're still doing book shambles. That's still doing book your shambles. Podcast about books with Josie Long. Yep. The next Josie is not doing so many at the moment because uh, she has had a baby. Oh, so so she, she has, will yeah. be back. To, you know, we, we yep. try and do as many together as possible. But uh, I've had Alan Moore is replacing okay. Josie Long this yep. week. I've uh, done a, a couple of podcasts with Alan Moore and Barney Farmer, who writes the brilliant uh, Viz cartoon strip uh, Drunken Bakers, and oh. who has written a book called Drunken Baker, which I promise you is utterly remarkable and brilliant. And if it wasn't, I think, something that grew out of Viz, yeah. then literary people would be going, this is one of the most fascinating monologues oh, I'm from have the perspective. Some of that. It's really good. Yeah. And how's, that's going well, is it? But you, people... You, 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 the thing about you and Josie is you've got very kind of... And I guess, like, this show to us in a smaller level, but you have a lot of very nice kind of hardcore fans that like everything you do and follow you around and um what's the word I'm for grateful they're grateful that there are people out there making something that doesn't quite fit into the into the norm uh you know you know where else are you going to get two comedians talking about books with a guest and you know into in that much detail so vonnegut heavy um and I, I imagine you've got a lot of people that are grateful that you're doing these kind of things well, it's, yeah, it's just, I, I think you have that moment of realisation. Some people get it earlier, some people get it later. But I remember in an earlier part of, of my career, there was that bit where you're going, oh, I suppose I better try and do that panel show and I better go yeah. on that thing. And you think there's a route and then there is a point, and some people do use that route, and some people. But for me, there was a sudden point where I went, "Hang on a minute, what am I thinking? Why did I go into this in the first place?" And I remembered when I was fifteen, sixteen years old, going down to you know, kind of comedy clubs and cellars, and there's an a cappella singer, and there's someone doing some kind of weird kind of acrobatics, and then there's you know, at that point, Vic Reeves holding a lobster, or was it a crab, while singing the Star Trek theme tune? And I thought that's mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing you need to do, or what I needed to do, was do things that I really love and was passionate about. And mm. so I think all the things that I do with Josie and I do with Brian and the things I do on my own are things that I really care about. And then you go... And a lot of the ideas started off with people going, oh, that's a terrible idea. Mm. Like the science shows, people went, oh, that's not going to work at all. Yeah. And some people would say to me, there's no money in that. Why are you doing that? And then you do find yourself years down the line, as I said, standing on a rising plinth shouting as Brian Blessed, and you go, oh, it's the right idea, mm. wasn't it? It's it was because right. I, I think it's because we need wonder little moments of wonder mm. we seem to be being told all the time that the world is crap and everything's going to go to hell in a handcart and there's nothing we can do about it but be cross about it mm. and what you do is with it whether it's the books or the science it's just a little moment of discovery mm. i know i agree I think we need one, and i think but we recognize that a bit more having kids of, of six and eight and you know this is you see the world through their eyes for them science i mean this is a whole generation of kids for whom science is not hard and uh, frightening like when we were doing it at school it's kind of oh this is going to be so complicated and boring right not not that not so anymore no. because I mean you make it sing and dance like a Jean Michel Jarre concert. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's it. I think I mean lots of different things that uh, I'm involved with, and the book is one of them. Actually, it's, it's about these things, which is giving people permission, giving people you know a lot of the science things that we started doing was because I thought well I was you know there was a point where I became rubbish at science, mm-hmm. and you live that time where you go oh I don't, I don't really have a science mind, and then I started to work on these things again. Well, everyone's got questions, as you said, wonder and curiosity, mm-hmm. and wondering why the stars twinkle and all those things, and uh, and then by doing you know one of my silly shows where I go I'm an idiot, but it doesn't mean that I can't try and ask these questions mm. and then people go oh that's all right then and i think you know in the, in the same way dealing with you know 
inner voices, strange behaviour, all that kind of thing of just saying we're, you know, we are a multitude. We're a, a, such a confused mix of things. And you have permission. I mean, J- Josie does a great thing called Arts Emergency, which is to try and get more and more people from uh, deprived backgrounds, etc., doing, uh, saying you can be in the arts. Yeah, you are allowed yeah, to be a yeah. poet. You are allowed to be a screenwriter. You are allowed to. And again, so so much, I think, of of, a, of, of popular culture is saying this is not for you and this. Uh, and and I think you know, th- like you were talking the, about this show as well, which is filled with a lot of joyous things and a lot of celebratory things, and a lot of it is saying you you can be per- mm. you know permission to be absurd. I'm enjoying your book. Oh, we didn't get. I've just I've just read the bit about persona, and I thought that that was brilliant. But we'll, we'll you come you come back anytime you want, Rob. Thank it's you. Really, it's genuinely it's really nice to see you. The book is Robin Ince, I'm a joke, and so are you. A comedian's take on what makes us humans human. Uh, I'm going to tweet. You can get it in all the usual places, but I'm going to tweet the Big Green Bookshop link. I'm going to find that in a second. At Robin Ince. Yep. Any other things that you need to to yeah. tell them about? I mean, I'm, I'm on tour perpetually until the 17th of December. So this this week I'm in uh, uh, Bristol, Birmingham, Bromsgrove, Ilkley, Leeds, and Henley. Then I'm in Flipping Cheltenham, heck, Newcastle, man. North Allerton, Nottingham, and I've forgotten from there on. Isn't that isn't that exhausting? Yeah, it's kind of. But again, it's that bit where. You get the exhaustion and you can go, you know, you're in that hotel room where there's the noise and you hear all the, but then you grab that other bit and go, yeah, oh, yeah. imagine, it's like when you think, oh, I wish I could just have a normal job. Do you know what? We should all be punished uh, when you think that and go, well, you are going to have to get up at 6.30 and you're going to have to yeah, stand on an yeah. awful train and uh, it's going to be packed and you're going to do something joyless. So, it, yeah, it, it's not that it's always easy, but it's, and I sometimes before a gig there are moments where you just go, Oh, this one hasn't sold as well. But the moment you hit the stage mm. and you think, whoever whoever's turned up, this will be a laugh. Won't it? Come we'll on, Birmingham, pull your fingers out! <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, Robin? It's nice to see you. Thank um, you. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is the late night alternative on Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio, Ian Lee. Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and off the leash. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Well, that was nice. I enjoyed that. I'm gonna t- I didn't tweet the link then because I was chatting. I will tweet the link in the next next break. Uh, you can get it from the usual places, but but we we kind of do try and support the indie bookshops when we can, and Big Green Bookshop has, has always been very helpful to us. I'm happy to do that. Uh, Robin Ince, I'm a joke. So are you. Same. So the title had my nearly seven year old boy in hysterics. I don't. I couldn't quite work out why, and neither could he. But that's what it's all about. Um, the lines are open, as you know. It's always um, it's always slightly difficult to to encourage you guys to call in when we've had a, a, a guest at the top of the show, and that's fine. I'm happy to sit here and chat about stuff. I do want to talk about my uvulva, my uh, in the back of my throat. Honestly, it's the weirdest thing, and it, it felt it sounds to me that my voice sounds completely different. I, I'm, I'm guessing it probably doesn't sound that different to you. I might sound a little bit bunged up. But my vulva is is hitting the back of my tongue the whole time I'm speaking. And if I do this... <gasps> in fact, Sam, turn your microphone on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and show you. I'm going to come and show you what, um, what I'm talking about, OK? Right. right. So, I don't want to get too close. Right. Can you see in my mouth? Yeah. You see it's hanging at the back of my mouth? Uh-huh. Right. Oh, blimey. Whoa! And then, and then! <laughs> I want to, like, 
Can you not feel tempted to grab it? <laughs> and pull it? Yeah. Would you pull me off? <laughs> Isn't that weird, though? That's that bizarre. Thing? It's so strange. <clears throat> and it's blowing, it's blowing my mind, man. It's blowing my mind. So I, I was very self-conscious, the whole chat with Robin, as to whether um, I was sounding... Uh, Sounding weird or not? This I don't know, man. This this cult. What what is the evolver for? What is it? What is it? What, what does it do? It, it, it's got to be. Um, uh, here we go. This is the phone in oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand bits of um uh, bits of the body that are useless. Some of you may indeed phone up and say your genitals. I couldn't possibly comment. Bits of your body that are useless. So the evolver. The appendix. We know that. We know the appendix serves no purpose. Tonsils? I don't think they serve anything, do they? Tonsils are, are gone. Adenoids? I'm trying to work out. This is what we're trying to work out. How much... Um, thank you, CJ. I certainly don't have one of those in my mouth. Uh, no, well, the Adam's apple, isn't that what makes men's voices deeper? Isn't it? Is that what the Adam's apple does? Because women don't have an Adam's apple. I thought, what does an Adam's apple... Has anyone ever cut someone's throat open and ripped out an Adam's apple? Because I want to know what it looks like, man. I want to know what it looks like. How much of the body could we get rid of before we became um, useless? Uvulva, appendix, tonsils, adenoids. I'm putting the Adam's apple down... Until a medical man, uh, what do they call it? Doctor, medical or medical lady, calls in 03444991000. I reckon, all right. Is my, is my phone ringing? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm busy. Um, your middle three fingers. You only need your thumb and your, ti- and your, your pinky. Don't you? Let me um, pick up a book. Yeah. Picked up a book, and I'm opening a book with the other hand. Yeah, no, all right, fine. So, middle three fingers. They're gone. Likewise, middle three toes. They're gone. Mm. What else in your body? Sam's getting into this now. Sam's loving this. Sam's thinking. We got Sam thinking. 0344 499 1000. Um, eyebrows, we, are we going into hair? Let's go, well, let's let's put all body hair. All body hair. Mm. Okay, that's, that's where we are so far. It's not a bad list. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us um, a call. You'd be very welcome to. And you know the deal, guys. You can call in about anything. Absolutely anything. Big story, small story, whatever you want. Some as big as your head. Here's the question, though. Here's the question. As well as parts of your body that we can get rid of that are superfluous. Uh, what the hell? What the hell are me and Kath supposed to say to Jeff Goldblum tomorrow when we meet him at three o'clock? What are we supposed to say to Jeff Goldblum? Um, I've read a few interviews. He seems like such a nice guy. Like, such a nice guy. And I'm... You, you, here's the thing. Here's, here's my kind of um, 
tips for interviewing. Got to suss the vibe out. You can feel the vibe pretty quickly from the person that you are interviewing as to how much fun you can have or as to how much you've got to stick to the press release. And I don't like those press release interviews. I don't like those. There's no fun. You know, the deal generally is, and I've done a few of those junkets where, you know, the thing where it's like a movie star and they've got a big poster of the movie behind them and you've got to talk about the movie. The rules generally are you, you spend um, uh, like 50, 40% talking about the movie and the other 60% you can, you can mess around. That's kind, of, that's kind of the deal. That's the unspoken deal. Some people only want to talk about the movie. i never forget, I got flown out to Los Angeles once for a day to interview the cast of Lost, and I had to interview Matthew Fox, who is famously miserable. Jack. Famously miserable, right? And this was one of those horrible junkets where you get ushered into a room two hours later than you're meant to, the celebrity, the, the actor is sat there, you sit down, and there's someone with a stopwatch. Someone with a stopwatch. And you've got three minutes. Jeez. Oh, what is that? I've flown all the way to L.A. for this. And the woman with the stopwatch was really annoying me, right? Because she was very, well, you can't ask Matthew about this. You can't ask Matthew about that. You can only ask him about this. And what she did, may have been four minutes, she started the stopwatch as soon as I sat down. So there was no, right, is everybody ready? Okay, nice to meet you, Matthew. Yep, Are we, okay, should we start? I noticed that she'd started the stopwatch as soon as I sat down. So the time, and, and so first minute was spent on niceties until she went, the, the clock is running. I thought, right, I'm going to get my own back on you. So I asked him these boring, mundane questions about Lost. What do you think about Jack's character? Uh, this is when Sky had just taken it over and they hadn't shown the first two series. Do you think that people who haven't seen the first two series would be able to pick it up? And at 30 seconds, she raised her hand to say, you've got 30 seconds, make this the end. And so what I did, knowing that, that Matthew Fox was, a, was a, an idiot and that, uh, quite pretentious, and knowing there was only 30 seconds left, and so to annoy him uh, and annoy the timekeeping lady more than him... I said, okay, final question, Matthew. Tell me about your acting technique. Where does it come from? Four-minute answer. And the woman, you could see the woman with the stopwatch who sat behind him, just giving me the evils. Four-minute answer. Overran. And it was boring. And we never used any of it. So up yours, Delores. Let's go to Kelly. Good evening, Kelly. Hello, Ian. Hello, Kelly. Hello. Hello, Kelly. I've just had to listen to all your rubbish. You've just been... Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Kelly. What's going on about? I'm really sorry, Kelly. That's so... Okay. Let's not listen to your rubbish. Let's go to Ross. Hello. Good evening, Ross. Good evening, Ian. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Uh, right, pointless bit to your body. Well, of course it is your toes. Well, you need... Here's the thing. We're, t- we're t- doing a list of bits of the body you don't need. They so do kind of off. balance you, you know. Uh, well, I've said we can get rid of the three middle fingers uh-huh. and the three middle toes. We need the big toe and the pinky... To, to stay upright, don't we? No. There's no reason for them. What's the point? There's no reason. I don't know. I'm taking my shoes off. Okay. I'm looking at my... I'm taking all my... God, they stink. I'm taking oh. my shoes and my socks off. What's the point? They're, they're ugly. They're disgusting. They get in the way. You have to trim your toenails. No, sorry. Getting rid of hang, them. Well, well hang, hang on a second, lover boy. Have you ever had someone put your big toe in their mouth... 
and suck. No, weirdo. No. Clearly, clearly you haven't. Not weirdo, Ross. Try it, man. Oh. Try it. No, no, thanks. That's just wrong it... at every level. Why do I want my cheesy feet going and some lady or man All right. in their mouth? Have That's you ever wrong. have you ever received a blowjob? Many times. Right. Thanks. So you'll put your oh, cheesy God, knob in a man or a woman, but you won't put your cheesy feet in a man or woman. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for your call, Ross. Have a word with yourself, Ross. Honestly, it's uh, my my big toes are tingling in anticipation at the thought of it already. Um, Derek's got it. Uh, nipples on men. Okay, fine. Fingernails. Eh, okay. Well, we, we're losing some of the fingernails when we lose the three fingers. Um, yeah, nipples on men. I'll, I'll have that definitely. Mm. So far, we've got the uvulva, the appendix, tonsils, adenoids, Adam's apple, the middle three fingers, the middle three toes, all bed body hair, and nipples on men. Well, your body hair's useful. What for? Right, it's there to keep your bits clean. It's like the eyelashes of your um, privates. Well, then why does everybody shave? Well, I mean, because they're um, mollies. It'll come come round again. I, I I predict return to um to seventy style um, shapings. I think so. I think that's going to be the um, the way forward. Huh? I mean, what's the alternative? We've been, we're, we're compiling. Well, okay, but you, you're putting forward. I'm a strong, putting things back on. You're putting forward a stronger argument for um, body hair than you are for fingers. I think fingers are also important. No fingers. Are, those those three fingers are gone because you can still, with this and this, you can still do it. Are you going to play the piano? Well, I've just I've, I've just played. Well, I can probably still play the piano actually because I'm brilliant. Are, are you going to tickle the dog's belly? <laughs> I hate tickling dogs' dogs' bellies. You do it just so they don't sniff your balls. <laughs> That's all that is for. Why do they do that thing with their leg? Because that, that to me, which thing? The humping? Oh, the, the no. When you yeah, it, that to me um, suggests. I don't know. Are they are they getting aroused? I don't is know. Is that I, what that is? I don't understand dogs, and I would um, quite happily. You teased me because of my new glasses today. I, I, got I beef, didn't tease I got you. Beef with you. I didn't tease him. What happened was I got beef you were very with proud you. of your new glasses, and you yeah. said that they aren't very strong. You did what you did with my shoes. Uh, these are going to go in the bin now. Oh, don't be silly. You, this the same thing that when you took the piss out of my shoes and they went in the bin. Where are those shoes? I chucked them in the bin. Why? Because you you laughed at them. You hadn't chosen those shoes though. They've been chosen for you by someone yeah. who didn't know you. Yeah. Those glasses are cool, right? Yeah. But you presented them to me by saying they're really weak. And yeah. so I looked through them and went, yeah, they are. No, you and didn't. That... You, no, you didn't. You laughed when they don't do nothing. Well, only because I'm really, really blind. Sorry, Kelly, are, are you getting bored listening to this rubbish again? No, sorry. What? If you hadn't cut us off, I was going to see it. I really think you're fantastic. But th- you started off by saying you were listening to my boring rubbish. So that, no, because I didn't understand it. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Apology accepted, Kelly. Welcome to the show. What can uh, we do for you? Like, because your man, I've never phoned into a show like this before. Oh. So your man was like, oh, just hold on. Yes. I'll put you through. That's and I was like, works. what's going on here? Well, that's that's how it works. It's a phone-in show. You phone in, you I'm come the, on. Well, the... I don't know. Do what? It's a phone-in show. Like you this. phone in and you come on the air. Oh, I know, but I'm new to all this, man. Okay, well. To uh, be nice to us? No, you were rude. You came on and you were rude to me. You're not new to manners, are oh, you? I, well, I'm apologising to you. So are you going to accept that apology, I've or are you ex- just going to continue like? Oh. Continue like what? Well, I've, know, I've already offended. said. I've already no. I've already. Well, I can still be offended and accept your apology. Those two things are fine. I've already anyway, said. I I've phoned up. Jesus because Christ! Because you, you want to do a monologue. About... 
No, because you were asking well, about... We were like... in, I was talking. <laughs> we were in the middle of a conversation. Anyway, let's... Oh, let... I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Let's... Okay, Kelly. Let's, let's... But the reason why I phoned oh, up is because you were asking for people to phone in yeah. about unwanted body parts. Yes. What's yours? Your mouth? Little... Oh, my goodness. That's so rude. Anyway, little toes. Is it your ears for listening? Little toes. Have you got rid of you chopped your ears off already, Van Gogh? Oh, you're so funny. Thanks. Little toes, though. Do you not think that's a point? No, you need your 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 little toes are the, the most important toe on your foot. They are not. Yes, they are. They're the ones that keep you upright. No, they're not. Big toes. No, no, no. Big toes do. Big toes help you um, know which way is north. The little toe, and this is true because I studied right. to be um, uh, uh, a chiropodist. Toologist, chiropodist. I studied. I did study to be a chiropodist, specialising in toology. Um, and the small toes are the ones that do all of the weight, or the, to take all of the weight, the and do all of the support. Toes. The little toe. The little toes. Yeah. The little toe. Yes, so, correct. The older you get, I call them the small toes. Like bends, like inwards. Yep. That's because of all the pressure mm. of life. Oh, the chop, your, chop yours off and see what happens. You can do it. And here's the thing. You can easily chop off I'd, your... I'd rather not. Okay. You can do it with a pair of pliers. Oh, no, don't. Don't even joke. Oh, no. I'd never joke about removing bodily this is, parts. This isn't very nice. I just phone you up. You give us a load of abuse. Sorry? <laughs> I didn't give you a load of abuse. I... Oh, okay. You, you started it. Anyway. Anyway, like, thanks I've for the call. I've just made some cheese scones. You've got what? I've just made some cheese scones. Are you interested? Um, Some sheer scones? She- oh, oh, my goodness. Well, what's happened? You seen a ghost? A burglar? Would that make you interested? No, I haven't. No, I don't know what you're saying. You've cheese. Cheese. Okay, you've made some cheese scones. Um, cheese scones. You might call them scones. Gosh. I might call them chose scones. Um, no, no, thank you. Well, it's okay, because they're very nice and I'm not sharing. <laughs> <laughs> what, oh, I... what are you serving with your scones apart from sass? Apart from what? Are you single, Kelly? Mm. Marry me. Are you asking? Marry me. We could have so much fun. It would be, the electricity would be, uh, it would just be, marry me. Do it. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. I can feel a a spark across the phone. Yeah, let's do a Jeremy Kyle. I'm going to marry a listener. I know. Come on, then. I'm coming. Where are you? I'm I'm here. I'm coming. I'll be there about uh, half past three. Okay. Leave the, the leave the door open and your knickers off. Bring it. Bring it. Bring a bottle of carba. Okay, classy lady. I like it, Kelly. I'll see you later. See you later. Well, that has got to be. And we've had some nuts calls. That is the most nuts call ever. Get her, get her a post get her a postcode, Sam. And um, I've got no idea what that was. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. Closing time conversation for tax inspectors, taxi drivers, and taxidermists. Great big talk for the wee small 
coward. You've been trolling me big time, mate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Can you stop it? I've seen it. I've seen it. Yes, it's massive. Is it flapping? I can make it flat. No, it's just sitting there looking all Watch, big. I'll make it flat, right? I'll make it flat. God. <sighs> you know you've drunk quite a lot of coffee. Oh, God. Stop it. It's flapping, isn't it? It's flapping in the I wind. Could grab it and tie a big bow on it. Yeah, Sam wants to pull it. Sam wants to pull it. He's a dirty boy. Sam's really coming out of his shell tonight. He is. What's going on with He's him? He's a dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> um, good evening, Damien. Hiya. Hello, Damien. <laughs> I've um I've got a lot of cats as well. I've Hello, got hurdles. Them body parts we don't need. Yes, right? let's do it. Let's do Burn it. with me. Okay. Not the thumb toe. We need the thumb toe. Not the pinky toe. We need that. It's the thumb Not toe. The... <laughs> My eldest used right. to call it the thumb toe. Yeah. No. Not the up yours toe. We need the up yours toe. Get rid of the two toes in between all them. So toe number two and toe number four. But we look like That's parrots. The... Because they give me, I get claustrophobic feet, and I'm thinking if we get rid of them. I won't have claustrophobic feet anymore. Oh, because I'll have more space. Yes. But then, as I've been on hold, and your phone bill must be absolutely massive, though, the time I've been on hold. Right? Uh, but yeah. the sciatic nerve, the bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. What, that's the one that goes up the spine, is it? Mm-hmm. I've got a good, down my leg, I think. It's only there to cause me pain. Okay. Uh, all right. So, all right, so we're going to get rid of the sciatic nerve. I'd just get rid of the middle toe as well. I don't know because it'd be maybe yeah. Have I you ever have you ever been um, have you ever had your toes sucked off, Damien? I think yeah, but I'm, I'm 42 now. I can't remember. It's a, a long time. If you'd have had your toes sucked, you'd know about it. my my big toes are tingling just thinking about it. I, I let me dog let me toes now and again. And yeah, yeah I, know, I know what you're saying. Do you really? Of course I do. Yeah. My Nothing ca- sexual in it. My cat, uh, no, you just happen to be playing I'm with yourself at the time. <laughs> not sake. a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> my cat bites my nipples from time to time. She hasn't done oh. it for a while, actually, but she she will have a little, and it's not a chew. She'll just like clamp her teeth around it, squeeze for like a second, and then let go. It is the most amazing feeling in the mm, world. Yeah, we're getting a bit dodgy now. Yeah, are totally. We, are we crossing a line, Damien? I don't know why he smears, yeah, yeah, yeah. He smears kitty cat on them, but it's not sexual. And I, and I put my finger up above. Oh, stop it! it oh. It's not sexual, Damien, you pervert. <laughs> Thanks for your... I don't know what that noise was, was at the end, but it sounded like a release. <laughs> so bits of your body you don't need. So far, the uvulva, <laughs> the appendix, the tonsils... The adenoids, the Adam's apple, the middle three fingers, the middle three toes, all body hair, nipples on men, and the sciatic nerve. Do we need necks? Ooh, your head will fall off. No, you could just have, like, a little hinge, like a Barbie or a Ken. Okay, so you're going to remove the neck and then reattach the head. I love it. I love your thinking. Well, I mean, it's less to damage, isn't it? All right, then, fine. Okay. Um, Then you don't need forearms. No. You don't need for Just chop that out and attach your hands to your, your elbows. Yeah. Because you've still got the manoeuvre. Can still You can still manoeuvre. You just haven't got this bit here. This is great. Well, if we're getting rid of forearms, let's get rid of shins. Shins or thighs? Do we just attach the knee to the... Um... No, we get rid of shins because if you get a kick in, in the shin, that hurts. Kicking in the thigh? Uh, shins, go on. I'm always bashing my thigh on the door. Well, Okay. Okay, well, should we shins? I'll make that optional then. You, you can keep your shins. Shin stroke thighs. Shin stroke thighs. <laughs> um, okay, fine. This is great. 
We get, I'm just... I mean, it was, yeah, I, I, it took me a while to get my head around it, but actually it turns, I mean, as long as we're not expecting to look exactly the same as we did before. As much as this pains me to say this, because it's my favourite part on any boy. Oh, Sam is a genius, by the way. Too right we're getting rid of the chin. <laughs> oh, wow. The chin is gone. Thank you, man. Well, let's, because we've got no neck then. No, ch- We're just a, we're we're, just we're, an extension we're, of the torso. We're Gail Platt. <laughs> um, let's just forget the head. Let's put it all in the and torso. I'm, dis- I'm disappointed with myself there, guys. Can I do that again, that yeah. line? We're Gail Tilsley. That's better. That's better. Gail Platt is too modern. Um, and as much as it pains me to say this, because it's my favourite part of the body, mm-hmm. buttocks. Buttocks is gone. Oh, no. No. No, no, think yep. about it. Yep. What are you going to sit on? A chair. No, it's going to hurt, though. No, you have a nice comfy chair. Uh, there we go. Buttocks. Just something with a couple of dents in. Buttocks. For the back of your knees. Um, someone. 0344 499 1000 is the. Um, telephone number. Grab pussy! No! That's not the one I was looking for. You're a pervert. That's closer. I've really got to sort these out. Um, Find me a boy. No. Uh, hang on a minute. It's getting closer. There's there's a good one of these I want somewhere. Tell you what, play the trail while I find this. Experience the unconventional. Evening, boys. The unpredictable. And the completely unorthodox. Exactly. With rule-free Ian Lee. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've got no internet for the last four days. On Talk Radio. I can't find... Um, I can't find the clip I want. You, you, you say hello to, um, to David. Hi, David. Hey, Kathleen. Found it! I'm David Babcock and I got my willy stuck in the hoover. There it was. Can we move on from the past, please? Can you speak into your phone, please, David? I, I, have you, I You've had some problems with this phone. I think it's, no, uh, no, 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 no. We haven't had any problems with this phone. You're a fanny. You've had problems with this phone. I, 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 it's from China. OK, a little bit racist, mate. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, they don't know what they're doing. Well, the, chi- the Chinese do know what they're doing. They're China. There's there's over there's like 1.2 billion of them. Uh, I think it's 1.3. Okay, well that's that that was quick. Hey, we, we we've got something in common, me and you. Uh, we're both sad losers, and we're single. I'm not single. Oh, Henrietta Hoover! And I got my willy stuck in the Hoover. Henrietta oh, no. Hoover does not count. No, it's a. Uh, uh, no, I was going to do a rude joke, but I don't, I don't want to do it. No, good. No, I, I've got a, a, a. I have a string uvula. A string? A stringy uvula. Okay, go on, talk to us about your uvula. It, it went stringy once. What does that. I don't know what that means, David. You, you've got a stringy uvula. No, I've got a stringy uvula. Stro- I have a swollen uvula. Has it not gone all long and dangly? No, it's like a big. Um, red balloon. Can I show you what? Um, can I show you what I sent it to uh, our friend um, Scott? Yes. And Scott, a doctor now is he? Scott, um, Scott, Scott um, said it looked like something, and he highlighted it by doing a little drawing on it. <laughs> Scott, it if yours looks like that, you should go to the doctor. I'm gonna. I'll tweet it. Scott. Scott basically made my uvula look like a little willy in the back of my throat. Which is, let's, let, let, you know, let's, let's not even go there, 
That, that, let's not go down that. Let's not go down that horny road. Childish. Ve- no, well, it's no, no childish, mate. That's a bit weird. Um, hello. hello. So, Babbers, go on. <laughs> babbers. Come on, Babbers. Come on, my Babbers. Make love to me, my Babbers. Oh, my lovely little Babbers. Oh, Dada's going to look after yeah. Babbers. No, no. I think that Kelly sent you a bit bonkers. Okay, Dada's going to look after Babbers. No, 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 Daddy, no. <laughs> Dada's going to look after Babbers. No, you're not look after my Babbers. <laughs> What? This is getting... Tell us about your stringy uvulans. There's <laughs> a sentence from... Say that again. Say it again. <laughs> Tell us about your stringy uvulan. Can you clip that for me, please, <laughs> Sam? Thank you. Uvula. 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 Ovaries. No. It uh, went all long overnight. I thought I was choking on my own tonsils. <laughs> Oh, I know what night. I know what he means though. Mine isn't stringy. Mine is fat, but yeah. but I know exactly what he means. If you you, you push your uh, tongue up, can you uh, press it against the roof of your mouth? My t- oh, no, not my uvula. No, because it's well. Hang on. Oh God! Right. Oh, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Oh my God! I think I'm going to be sick. <clears throat> oh, that's horrendous. <laughs> It, it feel like you got the little uh, maggot in your mouth. <laughs> yes, it does. I think uh, Kath's jealous. You're not part of the uvula club. It's all right. I'm fine. Right. My uvula is not bothering me at this point. It's always a mercy. Uh, he, he pressed, pressing it against Wolfie's mouth, isn't he? <laughs> yes, he's having a little go on it. I've just retweeted the. Um... Picture of that Scott, Scott has vandalised my uvula and drawn um, um, a penis, turned it into a penis. Yeah. So enjoy that. He's an artist, though. Yeah. Yes. Hey, are you aware that they've got, got a new series of uh, Most Haunted though, or something? Yes. Yes, we are very aware of it. Yeah, we are. Why? Well, have you been asked to to, um, to do it, David? No, no but uh, I tried to get a bit feeling on my podcast and she uh, ignored me. <laughs> oh, oh. How, how is the podcast going? Very badly. Do you want to come on it again? No, I've done it once. But right. Ka- but Kath would like to come on it. I'm busy. You're no, busy. You're, you're not busy. You can do it. You've got plenty of time. I haven't. I'm really busy this you're week. Not, you're also not. busy. We'll do it next I'm week. busy. Next week, week you haven't got anything. Forever. You told me you were worried because you've got nothing on next week. Hey, She'll do it next week, David. What day is good for you? Uh, any day. Hey, Kath, send me a DM and keep it clean this time. <laughs> oh, he called you out. He slut-shamed you. <laughs> no, no, no tit-pits. Babcock. Hello? You send me any more right, okay. vacuum cleaner shots. Okay, let's just give us end. I'm going to be forwarding them to the police. Uvulva, uvula, uvula. <laughs> Appendix, tonsils, adenoids, Adam's apple, Ooh. middle three fingers, middle three toes, all body hair and nipples on men, sciatic nerve, neck, forearms, shins or thighs, chin and buttocks. Oh, you know, you've forgotten one, an obvious one. One testicle. Funny bone. Um, well, you don't need it, but I'd need mine because I'm funny. I'm a funny guy. You can't laugh without a funny bone. So we're keeping the funny bone. We're getting rid of one testicle and one womb. No, they're quite important. Well, how many have you got? Two? One. What? You can get rid of, a, of an ovary. Okay, one ovary. This is great. We're just making... What we're doing is we're just making the body a little bit more efficient. Streamline. Yeah, that's that's it. That's what we're doing. 
Um, and so far, I think we're doing very, very well. So effectively now, we've got no neck, no chin. No. The head is just an extension of the body. It's not like Ram Man. Um, no, I did that. I did the. I don't know if you remember about five minutes ago. I did the Gail Tilsley joke. Yeah, but you got no neck either. Yeah, like Gail. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. You you can't tread on a performer's joke by doing the same joke again, but with just a different no, payoff. No, never. No. Yeah. Different shape. Totally yeah, different you shape. did. You just did the Ram Man. And I did Gail. Tilsley. Mine's better. Um... You think, you know, I think we'll let the public decide. Let's go to Michael. Michael, whose was better? Uh, well, the, the 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 old reference of Gail Tilsley, I think I preferred. Thank you very Suck much. Up. Michael, my favourite caller. because they're scared of you. because they're scared of you. Favourite <laughs> caller of the evening. What can I do for you? Bend over uh, a bit further. Bits we need, bits we don't need, things we could do without. Yes, please, mate. So, um, I think Kath's okay. attitude is something we could all do without. <laughs> She's doing her best uh, Oliver Hardy. The little finger. Yeah. I think everyone thinks we could do without it, but you can't make a fist without a little, little finger. Oh, that's like, that's like philosophy. Um, <laughs> but, but also, it's incorrect. Of course you can. Well, I, apparently, I... Um, I've made a fist without my little finger. Well, it won't. You don't finish a fist if you hold your hand together. Yeah, that what I made there will hit, will hit you, and it will hurt you. <laughs> but you will hurt yourself. Well, only because my little finger hand. is my little finger is sticking out. Well, yeah, but if your little finger wasn't there, yeah. and you just had a little nubbin, and you had your three fingers closed, yeah. and your thumb is over your three fingers, yeah. if you hit someone, yeah. you'll hurt your fingers rather than. Your hand. Who has told you this? A... this? I've studied. I've trained with the late great Bruce Lee, my um, my <laughs> second uncle. Actually, this is true. I trained with him when I was a baby. Oh, really? second, yeah, well, when I was a baby, when I was about two, I did a session with him. He's 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 related. Uh, it was like a second uncle. I'm never quite sure how these lineage things work. And he, I remember him telling me, um, Ian, you can make a fist without a little finger if you want. Well, now, Bruce okay, Lee told me that. Want to take the pain. Well, it's what pain? Probably what he meant. No, well, well, there's no pain. There's you'll not, you'll feel pain. pain. You'll feel pain on your nose when you get biffed. <laughs> well, that is true. That is also true. But the reason I know this, when I found it out, yeah. was uh, I was on a job once, um, and the guy that I was interviewing had lost some of the use of his index finger. Now, that's Peter and Pointer. The the Peter Pointer, exactly. Yeah. Okay. And he had the stuff. choice of he had the choice of having the finger locked so that it would just point <laughs> without <laughs> being able to be bent. No, you can't <laughs> permanently point. That's rude. The, no, the doctor said yeah, we could. What was it? What was the other option? The other option was to lose the finger, and the third option was to put a hinge on it. Place. Replace the index finger, the Peter Pointer, with a big hammer, with his little finger. No, shut no, up! Shut up! Wait. Yeah, yeah. No. And they said if you if you go down that route, which we could do, you won't be able to make a fist. No, he and wouldn't be able I to make it. a fist because with a sticking his sticking out finger. No, because his Peter Pointer would be his little finger. So that is going to make the fist, and he hasn't got a little finger, so that's going to make his fist hollow. Hmm. Because the, 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 the Peter Pointer is going to be a little finger, so that's not going to go all the way round. And the, so that's going to be... That's a hollow... I mean, that's like a nub. That is a nub. Or a, 
or a backwards fist. Like having two left hands, perhaps. <laughs> I see what you're saying. This, I don't think it's quite that, but I do like the image. Of two, imagine if you had two hands that were... Handshakes would be strange. Sorry? If you, yeah, handshakes would be difficult. I thought you said handsets. <laughs> that too, I guess. That was probably... It might did, feel like somebody else was doing it for you. Did you give... Was, was, were you interviewing him for a job? I No, no, what, not for a job. It was a video. What? It was a health and safety video. And uh, he... Uh, Which option <laughs> he did had, he go for? He went for the uh, the this, the pointy, straight, straight out Shut finger. Shut up, man. He didn't. Yeah. But he got... He managed to get some bend into it, but he couldn't fully bend it. Yeah, well, could there, they... Could they not just put a hinge on it like you get on a door? Like he crushed his finger. It was it was all yeah. One of those rolling mechanisms. Only works for the for the middle finger. The rolling the the (laughs) twisting mechanism. Um, Gosh, well that makes you think, Michael. Thank you for that. You win uh, caller of the night so far. Thank you. If you want to beat caller of the night, Kelly's not going to be happy. Um, Who again? Kelly, yeah. she called in a minute ago. I don't know Did what's she? going on there. Uh-oh. I think there's a little bit of the old... Um, well, you said you were going round. I think there's a little bit of the old um, um, quack, quack, curly, whirly cuckoos going on there. Um, my sister, she really wanted to annoy me. She had so many ways to annoy me. One was just mm-hmm. to look at me while I was playing. We'd be playing with my action man and she'd be looking at me. I'd go, stop looking at me. No, I'm not looking at you. Yeah, you are. Stop looking. No. Mum, she's looking, looking at, at me. <laughs> Do you get that? I was that constant. I was that soldier. Mum, I used to also run at my sister, which is on the phone. Yeah. You know, you've got the phone at the end of the long corridor. Yeah, yeah. I used to get as far back as I could, yeah. back against the wall, and then run at her as fast yeah. as I could and stop inches from her face. She had another way. Where was I? Not touching her was, though. That was not the thing I was going to say about how she'd annoy me. What were we talking about? Fingers. Fingers. This. No, 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 no. We didn't. We didn't um, flip the bird in our house. No, we were very British. Two fingers, the V's. Oh, traditional. Um, she had a way of annoying me. Joe, Joe, what was what ways did you annoy me? Let me count the ways. Um, talking about the fingers, sitting there with with my action men. Um, uh, I don't. Know, I just hate hate. I hate my sister. You like her now? No, she's, she's still look at you. Yeah, she she looks at me. What was it she used to do? She do something else that was really annoying. That? No, she didn't do, never did the, the, the just sort of touching you, but like an inch away. Um, she used to stand in the doorway of your room and just hang over a little bit, so she wasn't actually in. No, what was she doing? I don't remember. Who cares? Who cares? Um, oh, oh, there's talk radio. The Late Night Alternative. With that man, Ian Lee. There's no strangers here, just friends you haven't stalked on Facebook yet. Have never sent my picture to anyone who didn't request it. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Yes. Hmm. Oh, 0344 499 1000 is a telephone number. If you want to give us a call, welcome to come to the show and speak to us about your mind. Have you got that foreign language syndrome again? Um... Come buy a ticket to come and watch a movie with us, please. Um, we kind of we, we sold half the tickets, and then we just stopped. Uh-huh. Just stop. We just stopped selling tickets. So come see it. Fright night, Saturday, October the twenty seventh. Eight quid, man. Jeez, what, it's eight quid. It's a sexy vampire film. Sexy. I've not seen it. Um, um, it's not just you can come and see. It's a tiny little comedy club. You watch a film. There's a bar there. You're allowed to get up during the movie. 
and get drinks. I'm going to dress up. I'm not, but you're welcome to. There'll be we might we're going to have a few prize. Maybe have three prizes for like best best dressed best stuff like that. You're allowed. No, don't chat during the movie. You know about like work and Google and you know trains and things. But you you can you can cheer, you can laugh, you can shout stuff out. If you it's like if you're at home, right? And when I'm at home watching telly, and I come up with a funny. I'll say the funny, and it may be the kids are there, maybe maybe no one's there. I'll say the funny. You're allowed to do that. You've got a funny line when the film's happening. You can shout that out. I've not got a problem with that. Share it with the group. Share it with the group, guys. Cheer, boo. Um, me and Kath will do a little chitty chat before and after. I think we'll have like a, I think we'll have a group discussion afterwards, deconstruct the film. I haven't seen it, right, so it's 1985. I don't know how you much... You have it- seen it. I haven't seen it for ages. Thank you. That's a completely no, different sentence. I was going to say, I haven't seen it since I'm a grown-up woman. But you didn't say that. You what? said I haven't seen it. It was, what, 1985? Right. So we're on a different... You're on a thought of you've not seen it. Yeah. I have. I that genuinely little, haven't seen it. That was little brackets in my head. I genuinely haven't seen it. This is important, Catherine. Let me finish my thought. I can't do that because your initial thought was misleading to the uh, cognoscenti. I haven't seen it since um, about so 1990... Five, um, since I'm now woke, and I'm wondering now how rapey it is. Sorry, it might be. It was 1985. A lot of what we thought was romantic back in the day turns out was weird. Not all 80s films are rapey. A lot of them are. Okay. I don't think this one is, but there'll be stuff in there where we go, oh, for a modern day audience. Mm." It's it's eight quid, right? And we're gonna. It's gonna be a fun night. You're not just coming to see a movie. It's gonna be a fun old night. Okay, you say you can get boozed up. You know, it's a nice little venue in Kings. Get drunk. Who cares? Get Have drunk. Get high. Town. Get high. Don't take drugs in the venue. But you want to get high. You want to. You want to get the bus and get high on the bus. That's what they do. Smoke a doobie on the bus, man. Smoke a little fat one on the bus. On the top deck of the bus. I'll be vaping them these days. Oh yeah, baby. I'm gonna get so high. Um, if you've got drugs, please don't show them to me because I just, you know, I just can't say no. Um, but we'll have a laugh. It's eight quid. IanLee.com slash event. Now, here's the thing. We need to sell a few more tickets because we want to do another one in November on a Sunday afternoon, two o'clock in the afternoon. And we really, really want to show the Mr. Rogers film because I think we might be able to get the rights to the Mr. Rogers film. And more importantly, we we would be... A, I, I'm going to go and interview the director of that film. You, you're going to come to that? Yeah. Come to that. We're going to interview the director of the film in a couple of weeks and we're going to film it and we're going to show it. We plan to show it as like the B movie, either before or after, maybe before. Um, I think probably better before the Mister Rogers movie. So this, this film is get, hardly getting shown. It's part of the London Film Festival, but it's hardly getting shown in this country. We we want to show it, and we want to show an exclusive video interview with the director. But we can't afford to get the venue and and get the movie. Unless we sell like another, we've got to sell another ten tickets. Yeah, so sell another ten tickets, man. That's it. So even if you don't want to come, just buy ten tickets. You tightwads. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm, I'm teasing slightly, but I also kind of mean it. Uh, it will be nice to see you there. As always, we stick around. You can, you know, it's a tiny venue, so you can come and chat to us. It's not like we'll be in the green room. Um, you know, it, 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 we'll be there. It's a tiny little room. We come and say hello, have pictures, chat, talk nonsense, talk about the show, talk about the weather. Um, talk about how much you prefer Kath. Oh, no, that never happens. Balls. What happens is um, they ask for photos and I end up taking them. That's true. Actually. Yeah, you that's what happens. Very, very steady hand. Um, 
So, yeah, but come along. Uh, ianlee.com slash event. All of our dates are up there, including... Um, I knew he meant, Robin mentioned Halifax. I knew there was a reason it pinged in my head. I'm doing a show in Halifax, December the 2nd. Uh, me and uh, Reese Dinsdale uh, um, hosting a screening of Threads with a Q&A. No, I haven't seen that. Oh, mate. That is... I mean, that is going to be a really... Up, uh, it's going to be such an unpleasant evening. So unpleasant. It's horrible. It re- it's awful. I mean, it's brilliant, but it's it's hideous. So that should be a laugh. I take it we're not dressing up for that. <laughs> you can dress up as the lady who peed herself if you want. Well, I don't need to dress up. Uh-oh. 0344-499-1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's a great story in the sun. <laughs> and this kind of ties in with... Um... Oh, Hello. Well, I just opened the, a, a random story that I hadn't seen. Okay, we're talking about Dennis Nielsen the other day. Now, was he? Dennis Nielsen was the yeah, because because Leslie Nielsen is the aeroplane guy. Dennis Nielsen was the gay serial killer in, in, in Muswell Hill. Lived in. Um, I just said the name of it yesterday. But anyway, we watched the thing. I watched the thing about him on telly. Um, so I've just opened the Sun, and this should be a bigger story. It's one of those little tiny things. Mass murderer Dennis Nielsen was also a serial cheat at Scrabble. Now, oh. what's worse, the fact that he killed 15 young homosexual men and kept their bodies in his, in his flat. He had one in the bed. Oof. He had one in the bed with him. He kept one in the bed with him. And then when they got too whiffy, like months later, he'd cut them up and flush them down the toilet. He would cut them up and flush them down the toilet. He had, he, had, he had one sat at the table with him. No. Yes, well, man. to chat to them. Yes, man. And he would, like, wow. with the one in bed. Oh yes, man. God. Sam is disgusted, rightly so. Yes. But also, to make it worse, he was a cheat at Scrabble. What a git. He would pinch blank tiles so he could play high-scoring words a fellow prisoner recalled. The piece for Inside Times. Hang on a minute. There's a newspaper for prisoners? Yeah. Why the hell am I not reading this? How do I subscribe to Inside Times? I think you've got to do a bit bird. That's easily done. The inmate said, whether we were playing Scrabble or chess, Dennis hated to lose. And I often spied him trying to find the blank tiles. But the killer, who was jailed for life in 1983 and died in May, was also remembered as a gentleman, a writer and a musician. His pal, who spent time with Nilsson in HMP Full Sutton, New York, added, he did not look or sound like a monster. Yet he they, cheated at Scrabble. They never do. Cheated at Scrabble. I found this belt-in story here. An FBI agent was shot in the leg by a booby-trapped wheelchair. Ooh. Authorities said. Yes, mate. Gets better. After the agent was sent to a house that was rigged with traps, quote, like an Indiana Jones movie. Did you see that bloke that um, rammed the old ladies in his electric buggy? He got what done happened? for it. He got oh. done for it. He, and he, he'd rammed someone else as well. He said that it was... Diabetic it, attack Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Dodgepot. A criminal compa- complaint filed at a court in Medford, Oregon, said the house was rigged with a hot tub in the garden turned on its side that would roll down a ramp onto anyone who triggered a tripwire and with a series of spike stripes. Oh, mate, this is like home alone, but for real. Having made it safely past the hot tub, the agent was injured by the wheelchair fitted with a fishing line and a shotgun ammunition when forcing open the front door. The Associated Press reported citing court documents. An X-ray found a 0.410 gauge shotgun pellet in the agent's leg, the document said. 
The complaint said the situation was much like a scene from the movie Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, that's more like a scene from the movie Home Alone. I know, in which Harrison Ford is forced to outrun a giant stone boulder that he inadvertently triggered by a booby truck switch. Yes, if the stone boulder was an upturned... <laughs> Hot tub. Am I right in thinking that the stone boulder bit happens right at the very beginning? Yeah. It's like it's like it's like the James Bond bit where there's like a different story Straight going to on. The action. Because that was the trailer. The, the whole movie was sold on that rock. Mm-hmm. Him doing the yeah. doing that. And and then it's over in the first two minutes and the rest of it, I've got to be honest, I've seen the first one. Boring. It's a bit slow, isn't it? Slow. And even at the time, I remember it watching on telly on a pan, the old pan and scan. You know where you didn't see the whole picture on the screen and it would pan? Uh-huh. Or you'd just get the middle of the shot and you'd miss. But I remember thinking, this is boring. He just kept going around places, didn't he? There's a bit where he went to like a cold place and then he went to like a hot place. There's a bit where he's, he's just going around places. Mm. Oh, flipping out, get, get a life. And let's be honest, going around places nicking stuff. Yeah, no, I don't like um, Indiana Jones. Indy. He's called him Indy. I guess. Get get real, buddy. His real name wasn't that, though, was it? What was it his was real Harrison name? Ford. No. He had a proper name, like Mike, Do- Mike, Mike or something. Dr. Mike Smith. Something like that. Yeah, go on. Gregory Rodvelt, 66, was charged with assault after authorities claimed he laid the series of traps in the house which he formerly owned. He'd been arrested in 2017 before. The agent and bomb disposal experts were sent to the property at the request of the real estate agent that was trying to sell it. Ay, ay, ay. A team of former military experts inspected the property in the weeks after the FBI agent was injured, the real estate attorney said. Rodvelt was forced to give up the property in the town of Williams, Oregon, as part of an elder abuse case that involved his mother. Oh, hang on a minute. He'd been what, in jail. what a time to start the inappropriate music. <laughs> we're, start, we're in now, we're in. He'd Good been in jail since April 2017 as part of a separate case but was released for two weeks in August so he could prepare the property to be sold and boy did he prepare it. Was oh, that the end of the story? The end. Okay, I enjoyed that. Imagine. Imagine. I could do that. What, rig, rig, yeah. rig up traps? I think I could actually and I think I would take pleasure. Here's the thing, here's what I've discovered. Live, living alone mm-hmm. in the countryside... Mm-hmm. You go nuts. You go nuts. Everyone becomes the enemy. You become paranoid. Um, How long have you been there? A month? It's coming on. It's pushing two now. And you don't... You, you can see... You cannot see anybody for seven, eight hours sometimes. And you go nuts. Absolutely nuts. So I could find myself setting up scenario like that i wouldn't have access to, to to guns but mine would be like if someone opened the front door then like a sledge would come down the stairs and um, hit them in the shins plastic one uh yeah plastic one yeah. hit them in the shins uh all the thighs if you've had your shins removed and it's gonna really that's gonna smart mm-hmm. that is gonna smart yeah. think um you turn on the lights and the light doesn't work because i've taken the bulb out yeah. stuff like that just rig it rig it yeah rig it yeah That'd be, uh, Full of booby uh, trap. That'd be good. Erotic fiction. Let's get in the right music for this. Hang on a second. Here we go. Erotic fiction has given new meaning to the term bedtime books. Oh. And the appeal of the naughty niche. <laughs> knows My no naughty bounds. niche is private. Knows no bounds. Well, you've obviously not read Fifty Shades of Grey. That knows lots of b- binding bounds. <laughs> you are bound in it. There are bindings. It's okay. bondage. Yeah, good one. Bondage. Hollywood star Jane Fonda recently revealed her love of the genre while promoting her new film, The Horny Book Club. 
about four horny older women whose horny love lives get a boost from some horny, raunchy reads. Jane, 80, said, I read Fifty Shades because I was horny. Poor off a bit. It's not a very good book. <laughs> but it titillated and juicified oh. a lot of women. That's good. Meanwhile, romance publisher Mills and Boone... Mills and Boone. Come on. But that's all like... Um, he, he, he grabbed her soft, satiny... Yeah. Bl- bl- blouson... And she felt kissed in a way that she'd never been kissed before. Seething bosoms and bodices. Yeah, and quoting Terence Trent Darby. Meanwhile, romance publisher Mills and Boone reports that erotic fiction outsells sci-fi, mystery and literary novels. I don't believe that. With a readership that is 84% female. I believe that. No, I don't believe that. It's got to be higher. No men read Mills and Boone. Rachel Stewart, author of saucy novel... Unshackled. Is it called again? Unshackled. Mm-hmm. That's not saucy. I'll tell you what a saucy book would be. Shackled. Unshackling is like the the ending. It's finished. I want the shackling. Or maybe it's about um, Ernest Shackleton. Maybe. Oh, blimey. Look at the cover. Go on. It's like Has he got shackles? two sexy ladies kissing and a man watching. Oh! Read the um, read the 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 the, uh, the blurb. The blurb. All right, here we go. By Rachel Stewart. A rich girl sick of doing her stepdad's bidding. A young woman stepdad. submitting to the same man for financial security. Stepdad. Can they escape his sadistic clutches and finally find true love? Twenty-two-year-old Abby Taylor is sick of being used as a puppet by her overbearing, money-hungry stepfather. Yeah. Wealthy life or not, she wants out. The only question is how. But then, her stepfather's latest fiancée, Emma, shows up, and Abby's life is turned on its head. She's inexplicably drawn to Emma. Their fierce attraction leaves her confused and vulnerable, but she soon realises it's the least of her problems, Uh as she is pulled into her stepfather's corrupt and sadistic world, where where betrayal is rife, family means nothing, and sex is everything. Abby knows she needs to escape the man who controls her every move, but can she break free and keep it all, the money? Her freedom and the girl. The author of that, Rachel Stewart, says it really is time to put to bed that Mills and Boone are outdated. If in doubt, just try one. You won't be disappointed. Order it. How much is it? Is this it? a Mills and Boone? It's not done look like one. My gran used to have like rows of them. No, I think this is. This uh, is. Uh... Anyway, she's written um, her do's and don'ts for doing a porno book. We'll, we'll go through those in a bit. <laughs> um, let's see if we can find a Mills and Boone for a penny. We'll have it and we'll read it on the show. Okay. Oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand, or maybe you've got a Mills and Boone at home. Um, give us a call and we'll have a listen. This is Talk Radio across the UK, online and on DAB. Who has made a covenant with the night and with the darkness? He is in agreement. Uncut after hours conversation for the up all night generation. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Yes, ma'am, we've all been out for a pee. That's what we've done. That was that, that was our news break. Good evening, dear listener. The Late Night Alternative, Monday to Friday, uh, on Talk Radio, 10 o'clock till 1 o'clock in the morning, myself and Catherine Boyle. So many ways you can listen to us. Imagine you can go online to talkradio.co.uk. You can uh, download the Talk Radio app, or... 
you can listen to us on DAB. So do check us out. Spread the word. Tell everybody. If you've got a Rage Our Diary, tick it. Even if you've not listened. That's against the rules. Do it. Um, silly show tonight. We had lovely Robin Ince in for the first hour. Then we're trying to compile a list of body parts that we don't actually need, that are superfluous. Streamlining. Streamlining the body. So far we have the uvulva, which is the dangly thing at the back of the throat. Appendix, tonsils, adenoids, Adam's apple, the middle three fingers, the middle three toes, all body hair and nipples on men. The sciatic nerve, neck, forearms, shins or thighs, chin, buttocks, one testicle and one ovary. It's not a bad list. No. It's not a bad list at all. 0344 499 if you want to contribute anything else. Uh, and also, we're, we're getting new listeners all the time. We are, we are Britain's most listened to late-night phoning show. Particularly as, 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 as one competition now plays four songs an hour and the other um, is boring. So we're, everybody, we're getting new people all the time. I should just stress, I should just say that um, you can call in about absolutely anything you want. It can be a big news story and small news story. We, tr- we tend to avoid, like, Brexit and Boris Johnson, the mayor of um, uh, uh, the, 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 the MP for Uxbridge and, and stuff like that. But th- saying that, if you want to talk about that shiz, you can. Hey, I'll tell you what's funny. You've seen Julia Hartley-Brewer's been banned from next year's Labour conference because yeah. she um, took the piss out of autistic people. Well, she was taking the piss out of safe spaces, but, yeah. But that was specifically for... Or for, for for people who suffer from autism and 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 um, uh, uh, people who are highly sensitive to to noise and stuff and you know and, and you can laugh at safe spaces if you want to I I get them I get them um, you can laugh but I, if you're going to laugh I mean do it privately <laughs> don't do it on a video for the, for a national radio station that you work for because that to me is 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 the, the height of insensitivity. And I saw some people getting very, very, very angry on Twitter. And I thought, okay, the safe space isn't for me. So I, I can understand the anger. I found some of the very, very, very angry. I found it a little bit too extreme. But th- those spaces aren't for me, so I don't know. And I'm not autistic, so I don't know. I don't have ADHD or the, any of those things. So I don't know. I don't understand where that passion is coming from. But I, I kind of respect it. Um, I did just think it was a really dumb, insensitive thing to do. You're there to cover the politics. I mean... It's that whole thing of taking the mickey out of snow. I mean, um, uh, Reese Mogg is talking about we're going to destroy snowflakes. I think that's really dangerous language. Mm. Um, And just don't do it. So now, of course, she she, she apparently talked radio. I've I've got this from the news, from the papers. Labour phoned up talk radio and said, um, yeah, she, she, she can't come next year. And, of course, she's now turning it into a censorship thing and... You know, poor snowflakes can't handle a laugh and labour, uh, free speech and fascism and all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, you can't. I don't. I don't think it's a. Pro- it's like, would she go into um, uh, a prayer room and, you know, blaspheme or you know, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's a similar thing. You know, I, I've I, you see prayer rooms in airports, or multi faith rooms in in airports and things, and I kind of think, well, that's you know crazy. But I wouldn't go in there and mock it. And if I did go in there and mock it with my profile, I wouldn't film it and then put it online yeah. under the under the, the the heading of this radio station. Here's the thing: we've got used to this kind of. Um 
childish back and forth. Yeah. I'm going to call you a you know a liberal or that awful word yeah, yeah, that's yeah. an amalgamation of you know. I'm going to call you this. You're going to call me that. You're a Brexiter. You're a loser. You're a re- all this stuff. When do we lose track of the fact that we're supposed to be adults? Yeah. So you know. I just thought I saw I saw what she done. I just thought. Oh. I mean, I I I, I get all this second hand because she blocked me on Twitter. I do keep thinking. This is. I do keep thinking. Not quite. Why did she block you? I'm not quite sure why she blocked me. I met her about a year before we started here on Sky News, and we had a big old row on Sky News about refugees. And um, she said, "I the only." It was when that little lad, um, that three or four year old um, lad, had washed up on the beach dead. And um, she said, "The only reason you want refugees over here is to feel better for yourself, and it's those parents' fault that that boy wow. died." And in the break, I just went, "You are an effing disgrace." of a human being but we kind of got on all right and I've, i saw her a couple of times here since i did have for a while a picture that someone had mocked up of my avatar on twitter of of her but with my face someone just did it and i thought it was just a funny picture and I, she told john holmes that that was weird and her husband wanted to beat me up because of it um and i think she blocked me around then so i don't know if it was that or if i might have been, oh i know exactly what it was I know exactly what it was, actually. I think um, she had George Galloway on the show and he was giving her a right spanking. And I think I tweeted, George is giving Julia Hartley Brewer a right spanking on her show. I think it may have been the phrase I used. And that's what got me... Um, right. And it's fine. I block people on Twitter. I, you know, I, I, I block people on Twitter. It's fine. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that. She wants to... But I have been thinking recently. Um, and I probably won't, but it keeps popping up in my head. I should reach out to her and apologise for any um, for any rudeness on my part. I should do that. And now I've said I probably won't. I'm thinking now I've said it out loud. I'm thinking well, maybe I should, perhaps I should do that. Just um, just send her an email and say, look, I'm really sorry if I've offended you in the past. Um, you're nodding as though I should do that. Feels like the right thing to do, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Doesn't it? But not sorry if. Okay, so what am I saying? What? What? Sorry, then? I offended you. She obviously is offended. Okay. Okay, but then part of me thinks, for 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 for, for the Galloway line, he was spanking her. He was. It was a great thing. Um, so you think I should? I think that. Um... You think I'm in the wrong? No, I just think it's about keeping your side of the street clean. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do why it tomorrow. Why not? Okay, why not? Okay, I'll do it tomorrow. And it's it's sincere, you know, it comes from a place of sincerity. I don't want people to, um, you know, I want to be liked, first of all. I don't want, you know, people to think badly of me if I've done something wrong, which I clearly have in this I- I- instance as perceived by her. Mm-hmm. What's her email address? Don't say it, because then everyone will write pretending to be me. Jeez. I'm sure we can obtain it. Okay. Um, don't give me a talk radio one though, because that'd be pointless. Who looks at who, what, what presenter looks at their talk radio? Apparently, I've got a talk radio email. Yeah. I never look at it. Um, so we've got the guide here. George, stay there. We'll come to you in a minute. Because we've got this guide. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, Fiona says wisdom teeth. Thank you very much indeed. Oh yeah. Um, so this this uh, writer author Rachel Stewart, who wrote um, Unshackled. These are her top tips. For writing a horny book, a horn book, as I call it. Um, 
Okay. Uh, chapter one is names. Do for men use strong names such as Alex, Max, or Dexter? They've all got X's in. <laughs> Alex, Max, or Dexter? For women, use exotic names such as Alexis. She loves the X. Oh. Natalia or Demi. 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 Is that exotic? That name. Name one woman sexier than Demi Moore. Um, I mean, have you seen striptease though? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was a shame. I've just seen the good... I didn't watch the, the story bits. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a shame, that. I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a great movie. That uh-huh. is a great... you seen it, Sam? We should watch it together one night. Lights down low. It's a great movie. Striptease is a great movie. It's bloody awful. You're judging it by different standards to mine. <laughs> I possibly am. I think you, I think you, you are. Like, it, yeah. I watched the bits in between. I, I watched the bits at the top and the bottom. <laughs> Did you like Showgirls? Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, Showgirls. I mean, Showgirls I found unintentionally hilarious, but that is watchable. But striptease is just... Maybe that's the one I watched. Bag of shite. Don't. For men, stay away from names that are unfashionable or appear weak. Wallace, Nigel or Ronald. (laughs) For women, avoid dated names such as Elspeth, Mildred and Ethel. While your small children may sound cute with them, they don't scream, I want to rip your clothes off. Ethel. Also, avoid names that mean something else. Fanny, anyone? You love well, you love Fanny. Demi means semi. No, it, it does though. It doesn't. It though. does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Demi is like a smaller than a semi. Demi is like half a semi, so incorrect. Gosh, even worse. Jobs. Do both the hero and heroine must be strong, driven characters, and this lends itself to high power positions. We want them to be inspirational to the reader or they'll lose interest. Careers such as lawyers, bodyguards, CEOs and journalists. Oh, are all good journalists. But Mills and Boone... Mills and Boone... Mills and Spoons. Mills and Spoons has been known to go for a stripper with a political day job, which is a feisty mix. A what? A stripper with a political day job? Yeah. What? So by day she's an MP, by night she's sexy Sadie? Yeah. Wow. If they can fuel a super sexy high fantasy romance since yes, don't. It would be tough to make a novel exciting if the person was on a bit of a downer. So being unmotivated or unemployed isn't going to work. <laughs> and while bin men and fishmongers are the salt of the earth, unfortunately they can also invoke evoke the wrong smell senses. Well, what about Lady Chatterley's lover? He was a gardener, yeah, surely yeah. They're, they're a bit of rough. Oh yeah. Bit of rough. Um and she was unmotivated. She was bored, wasn't she? Here we go. And this is... I'm skipping chapter three because it's boring. Chapter four, sexuality. Do. Always remember your audience. Readers are usually female of all ages and generally heterosexual. But her book's got um, some lady lesbians. They like it. a sassy, empowered heroine, such as Rihanna, and intense, super sexy heroes. Men on men scenes probably won't engage readers' fantasies. <laughs> Avoid orgies too. Readers want to see our hero and her. Right, I'm writing a gay orgy. A gorgy. A gorgy in my book. That's what we're having. Loads of men at it. Loads of men just at it. Because I think that would sell. Are you going to write it like that? And they were at it. (laughs) Dexter couldn't believe his eyes as he strode into his flat. He knew that Max was inviting a few friends over, but he didn't realise it was for this. 
he looked around his once familiar living room to see discarded clothes, trousers, socks, pants, shirts, everywhere. (laughs) He saw a man sat on his favourite chair, but with holding his ankles above his head. While another man, who he didn't, he recognized, who he recognized as the postman, <laughs> feasting. Wow! On what? The lad whose legs are up above his. Flipping it. He looked over to it's the, the first so- thing he sees when he walks in. Last turkey in the shop. He looked over to the sofa. There he saw Alex and Xavier. Xavier um, making out. Making De- out. Dexter. They were at it. <laughs> Dexter was a he- Dexter was a hetero. He'd only ever been with girls in his life, but there was something about this that made him want to loosen his belt. Now I've just literally just making up. I'd Gosh, refine it. Top of your head, you really are totally off the top of my head. Expert. I'm a gay fantasist. Yes, turns out. <laughs> if anyone wants me to do horny erotic fiction for them, if you are Ian's postman, just oh three four four. Four nine nine one thousand. This is still radio. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix, and so are you. The late night alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On talk radio. Hello. What you got? What you found? Well, I found the. This is my favourite kind of Mills and Boone uh, area because you can get different. (laughs) The Mills and Boone area. area, You can get different themes. Yes. And I found the um, historical romance Regency. Okay. Mills and Boons. Okay. And the first one that pops up is called... Love Hammer. No. Bell Cheese. No. It's called... Flick it. <laughs> a proposition for the Compte. <laughs> for the what? Compte. What's Compte? French for Count. Flip it. Compte. Compte. How do you use Compte? C-O-M-T-E. Oh, okay. Do you want to hear the um, do you want to hear the blurb? Yeah, of course I do. Dark, dangerous, damaged. Mm. This man will protect her. Mm, it sounds like a vulnerable woman being sexually abused. Here we go. After years of an unhappy and bitter marriage, cautious Lady Violet Addington is yes. intrigued by the Comte de Beaumont. Yeah, the Comte de Beaumont. His air of danger, mysterious scars and pure sexuality pose a temptation that's hard to resist. Yeah. Threatened by her late husband's enemies, she makes a daring proposition. In exchange for the Comte's protection, she'll join him in his bed. Why is he called a comp? Compte. Because he's, cause he's mysterious. <laughs> it says here, this is, there's a last tip from this lady, sex scenes. Get to the nitty-gritty and use expletives where appropriate. Gosh. But never, ever drop the C-bomb. <laughs> Indulge the senses: touch, sight, sound, taste, and smell. Oh, those are the senses. Thanks. These are very these are very important when it comes to turning us on. As the scene gets racier, reflect this in your writing. Make sentences shorter to build tempo and suspense. Of course, the sex must always be consensual, and in this hashtag Me Too era, let the heroine take control sometimes, so that she's calling the shots. This hashtag Me Too area. Era. Era, my God. You wouldn't want her always taking the lead, as it could make your hero appear weak. But you definitely want a good balance that shows off her prowess. Be careful when it comes to talking about limbs. It can be easy to forget how many times you've used them, and you could end up describing an octopus by the end of it. 
While some metaphors can be good, don't use flowery language and don't skirt around what they're actually doing. The reader isn't 12. They're at it. Don't be repetitive. It's easy to overuse naughty words, but you must think of new ways of saying naughty things. Romantic heroes. This is, this is the choice. They were, they were at it so hard for so long, from up and down, from, from um, behind and from the front. It was deep and pleasurable for both of them, and consensual too. He um, was in and out of her like a jackhammer pounding the pavement on a busy, wet Monday morning. Well, no. no? Pa- pounding the pavement and a wet Monday morning is not something you want your, your privates described as. <laughs> a wet Monday morning? Well... You want to be a sunny Friday? You know, it's going to be it's going to be a wet. It's going to be Thursday rainy. Thursday is a term for a man's a gentleman's private. No, you know? it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. A Thursday. I've is, got yeah. one. It is. I read it somewhere. Go on. You had a fair sized Thursday. That was the, that you was read, the term. You read that in my diary. No, I didn't. So you can have these. These are the following romantic heroes to be chosen from okay. in the uh, Mills and Boons. Yeah, Mills and Spoons. Wealthy, royalty, and aristocrats. Doctors, pirates, Vikings. Cowboys, Highlanders, or spies? <laughs> spies. I would have spies. Spies. All right, let's see what... what I would have got. spies. What, what, I mean... Oh, the mysterious Lord Millcroft. Oh. The uncompromising Lord Flint. Flint. The many sins... Like <laughs> the many sins of Cree de Foe. Cree de Foe? He's it from the Lords of Disgrace uh, okay, series, series, book three. Yeah, okay, book three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one illicit night... Is it just old women? Right, this is a genuine question, right? Yeah. Is it just old women that read these, uh, or sad, or is it uh, sad? I don't. Hmm. I'm, I'm, okay, I mean sad in the truest sense. Sad um, um, women, both married and unmarried, whose lives haven't worked out the way whose lives are dull, um, and this is a little bit of colour, a little spark in kind, their lives. What kind of men watch porn? Um, ones with penises. Exactly. So this was women's porn. Uh, but there is a there is a different commitment to reading. Mm-hmm. With porn, you dip in and out, in and out, in and out. No, you dip in and out. Yeah. Right. You're making a commitment to read a book. Yeah. So it looks like you. It looks like you're not just doing it to. Um, <whistles> this is what women used to do. I don't think they need to anymore. No. <laughs> Let's oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Let's go to George. Good evening, George. Good evening, Ian, Kath. Guten Abend, mein Herr. Gute Nacht. Rambo George. Rambo George. Have you still both got your tonsils? I have. I was um, the kind of the end of that generation where they whipped out everyone's tonsils and they were going to whip mine out. And then for and I was really looking forward to it because I was told I could eat as much ice cream as I wanted. What they didn't tell you was you also had to eat dry cornflakes to knock the scabs off. Oosh, That's true. Oosh. Um, but then they, they, they um, pulled it at the last minute, and I, I didn't get it done. Are they on your list? Uh, tonsils are... Tonsils are on the list. They're up there with, with adenoids, because you, you used to get them both... Uh, what even is an adenoid? I don't know. Hmm. No, adenoid. Uh, how about hernias? Yeah, we'll have that. Yeah, we, get, we can get yeah, hernias, definitely. But hernias is a hole, isn't it? Hernias is what? A hole. A hole? Yeah. It's an, absence, it's an absence of body part. A hernia is a hole in your, um, the wall, the lining of your uh, bits, isn't it? I don't think so. Yeah, it is. It's your bits hanging out. 
Kath has um, studied medicine. No, right. Obviously. Let me Google what is an hernia. An hernia. Hernia occurs when an organ pushes through an opening in a muscle or tissue that holds it in place. Boom. Um, no, it's not. It's the lump. No, it's not a That's hole. That's for the organ coming through the hole. A hernia is the, th- is, the, is the process. Hang on a minute. Let me look at this, pic- this drawing of a penis and see what I can make out here. Pubic bone, <laughs> intestine protruding into the... Yeah, it's, no, it's not. But no, but the hernia isn't the hole. Hernia's not a part, though, is it? No, but hernia isn't a hole, though, is it? The hernia is the thing leaking out. Yes, right. Oh, sorry. No, but what I mean is it's the process. It's not the um, name of the part. Well, hernia isn't a process. Yes, it is. It's a thing. And also, you, sorry, sorry, you told our good friend, good friend of the show, George, a hernia is a hole, and now you're saying... Sorry, you're saying, you're saying it's not a hole. Oh, do shut up. Oh, caught out, hoisted by your own bastard. Batard. <laughs> You, you caught out there. No, I wasn't. That, but I've, I'm, I'm over I trying saw, to argue I saw, with um, these I weird. saw a meme the other day mm-hmm. that was very funny, and it was a picture of a kid going... <clears throat> and it, the caption was, when you're being roasted so hard, the only comeback you've got is how somebody laughs. That's what just happened there. George, great to talk to you. What have you got for us? Tea. Apart tea. From nonsense. Oh. Hello. Hello Hi. there. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> Teeth, we could lose them all together. I, w- I wish I'd got rid of my teeth a lot earlier than I did. <laughs> because it, think of all the toothaches you get and, and, and uh, the teeth are too much trouble. And did we... you have your teeth whipped out when you were younger? That was the thing to do when you, were, when you turned 21, was have all your teeth whipped out. No, I, I, I was into my 60s, I think, before I, I lost them all. Or got rid of them all. I don't want. I don't. I want to keep my teeth, but I don't want them looking like tombstones. I don't want to get um, caps. I don't want to get dentures. I don't. I don't want. It, I don't want any of that. I hate. I haven't been to the dentist for like two years, and I. I, just, I, I hate it. I haven't got any fillings though. One filling. <laughs> One filling. <laughs> but you don't know if you need them. Uh, excuse me. Up until two years ago, I was going, going until I started experiencing marital problems. I was going to the dentist regularly, once every six months, twice a year, and I only have one. My first filling was done about two and a half years ago. My first, my first ever I seem filling. To remember you telling me you hadn't been for years. Uh, I seem to remember me telling you none of that bullshine. Mm. I used to go regularly. Well, the last time I went, she said your teeth are fine. So what does that tell you? That was two years ago. Yeah, exactly. And I brush my teeth every day. Do you, though? Not every day. <laughs> You're such a liar. The other day I went out and I, I'd forgotten to brush my oy, teeth. Oy, oy. But most days I brush my teeth once a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you heard of a grouping called Rebel Wisdom? No. They got teeth. No, I, I went to a debate they were holding a, a, a week ago. And I bumped into J- John Lloyd there, and, and uh, I, I really enjoyed meeting him. The, pr- the, the comedy man? Yeah. Uh, where? where? Rebel, Rebel Teeth? Rebel Wisdom. What's that? It's, uh, it's a grouping of, of people that put on debates and things. Oh, and, and, and groupings. Quite interesting. They, they yeah. were discussing a, a, a character called... Jordan Peterson, have you? Have you come uh, a... Yeah. I, who's that? I know that name. Yeah. Who is it, Catherine? 
He's one of oh, the... he's, he's that arsehole, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was going... yeah you, you've summed it up. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's the misogynist who hates women. Does he? Yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah. Come on, George, of course Come he on, does. George, you're better than that. Better than what? Well, you, you were at a thing where you were just discussing him and you never discussed... Well, I, don't, I didn't know anything about him. So... I thought you went to a thing where they discussed him. I did. Right, and then... but, but, but before I went to the thing that discussed him, I, I didn't know anything about him. Well, do you, do you, but you don't know that he's a misogynist? No. Oh, well, you should do some reading. He's a horrible man. Is he? Yeah. Isn't he? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think he's a horrible man. No, he's, oh, he's, 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 he's quite quite an interesting man. It all make a lot of sense to you. Oh, you can be interesting and horrible. I'm not. I think he's interesting, but I think he's horrible. Anyway, the, my my high spot was meeting John Lloyd, and I didn't know that he was so friendly with with Peter Cook. He's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they would have worked. They would have done. They did that. What did they did stuff together? Did, did John Lloyd produce um, the Clive Anderson show? I don't know. I don't I, know. He would have been in. He would have been in that scene. I think he produced lots of things. Yeah, yeah. But the Clive Anderson show, of course, where Peter Cook went and did four characters in one one episode. Yeah, one of those characters was supposed to be me. No. Yeah, the first one. It, was, it, it, it uh, anyway. It, it's. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm going to watch that tomorrow. I've not seen that for years. I'm going to watch. That's a that's a great. That'll be on YouTube somewhere. But. Uh, no, I, I didn't realise he was that close to Peter. He said he used to be round his house all the time, oh. and, and I, I never met him, no. <laughs> which I find quite bemusing that, that Peter never never introduced us because we seem to think similarly on lots of things. Well, I wonder if Peter had different sets of friends, that some, some of whom he would allow to mingle. Quite, people often do this. Some of whom he would allow to mingle, and some of whom he would keep separate. Mm. My best ever conversation was round <laughs> at Peter's with, with Jonathan M- Miller, and, and oh, wow. uh, yeah. we had a, a lovely discussion. I, I, I wish it had been recorded. I think I, I, I won the day, uh, one way or another, but. Uh, Anyway, memories. Memories, George, memories. Thank you for that. Let's go to Sally. Good evening, Sally. Hello, honey. You all right? Memories. 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 Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What you got for us? um, uh, What? I said, uh, what? Uh, School buzzer. Have you got that on the list? Have I got what? School buzzer? School buzzer. No, bladder. Um, I'm going to put it down with my pancreas. Well, no, they're separate things. Well, they're well, well, yeah, well, but they are. they're not. I've still, got my, I've still got my pancreas. You don't need it. I don't have my gallbladder. What, what, what happened to your gallbladder? Well, they removed it. All right. What is, she's got an attitude today. Well, I didn't to start with. But... You've only been on thirty seconds. <laughs> You're like that rude oh, woman from the start of the show who said, "I've got to listen to your boring stuff." What's wrong with you, Catherine? Right. What are you looking at? Catherine? No, I'm listening. This is my listening. You're person. not listening. I was listening. Oh. Okay. You talk to her. Maybe she. Maybe Why? she. Because she's get winding me up. She's fine. I'm winding I her think up. It might be you. All right. All right, Mim. Calm yeah. down. Calm, wow. calm down. Wow. Calm down. <laughs> Don't. Uh, <laughs> I missed the start of the show. What was that about? Some. Somebody so, phoned up and saying boring? Or? Somebody phoned up and I talk, was talking for ten minutes, as I do, and then she went, oh, God, I've had to listen to that boring rubbish. Yeah. Cut her off. 
Of course, that's the, oh, right. oh, the response nice. is always, oh, okay. OK, well, let's help you out with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then she didn't like it. Right, so go on. Sorry. I'm so sorry. We seem to have got off on the wrong foot. My name is Ian. I'm very pleased to meet you. Your name is? Hello. My name's Sally. Hello, Sally. Oh, I, sorry, I don't. I just don't know how to deal with, with um, drunk people with attitudes. I apologise. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. OK. I, I you, you've got yeah. the attitude. So, <laughs> well, you have called in... Okay, yeah. to, you, shush. You have called in to contribute <laughs> to the list of body parts that we no longer need yes, for the strain of the body. And you've called in to say the pancreas. No, the gallbladder. I, don't, you're, I think you're right. I don't think we need the pancreas. I don't even know what the pancreas does. But it's it insulin. insulin, Well, yeah. you can get that medically. Just ask a diabetic. No, you need your pancreas. You don't need it. Well, you do. Well... My my nan died of pancreatic cancer, and if she didn't need a pancreas, they could have taken that if out. If she but... didn't have a pancreas, she wouldn't have got but, cancer in it. Well, yeah, but I've had pancreatitis twice. Well, again, and... you're just giving putting forward arguments for not having a pancreas. Why are you arguing? I don't understand why you're because, arguing with me. Because you're, you've just given, you said, oh, we need a pancreas. And then you've just given three examples of people being seriously ill because of the pancreas. That if yeah, they did not have the pancreas, they would not be ill. Yeah, but people have heart disease, but you still need your heart, don't you? That is completely different, and you know it. No, it's not completely different. Tell us about the gallbladder. Right, well, the gallbladder... You got some gall. (sighs) Or either you don't. You don't have any... You've got no gall. No. Well, the gallbladder produces the the bile. It lets the bile into the stomach. Are you sure you've not got your gallbladder? There's plenty of bile no. in this call. What is wrong well, with you? Well, huh? it actually controls <laughs> really the bile, so yeah, you're being a right. Okay, do I, I don't. Tonight. I don't really care about the history of the gallbladder. I want to know how you lost yours. This is like the hernia thing. He asks a question, then he doesn't listen to the answer. Well, your answer was wrong, and hers are boring. Well, I've got a tweet here from someone who's got one, and it's a hole. Was well, <laughs> you had a tweet from a hole? <laughs> Please, Sally, how did you lose your hernia? No, I lost my gallbladder. <laughs> Your gallbladder. By the way, Giselle is correct to say we can get rid of one kidney. Thank you, Giselle. Right. How, I had gallstones. If you want to lose weight, we're going to give you... The, this is as, as simple as fat. Simple as that. We're going to tell you how to lose weight by getting rid of about 20 body parts here. Mm-hmm. We're just debating whether the gallbladder can stay or go. Turns out it turns I, you into mm-hmm. a right stroppy sort if you get rid of yeah. it. How yeah, did you I lose it? I lost it because I had like over a hundred gallstones in it. Thank you. There we go. We got. We got. The, we got like the bag of marbles. <laughs> right. So, if you want to lose weight, here's how. These are the bits of your body you don't need. Mm. Get them removed. Now, some of these you might be able to. If you pretend it hurts, you might be able to con a hospital into taking them out for you. But you could probably only take two or three out. Some you can remove yourself. The fingers and toes. Some you might have to go to a Bulgarian hospital and pay, but it'll only be like five hundred pounds because over there that's like ten years worth of money. So these are the body parts you should remove if you want to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, is that the object of the exercise? Your uvulva, your appendix, your tonsils, your adenoids, your Adam's apple, gentlemen only, your middle three. Have I not got one? No, ladies do not have them. Well, what's this going up and down? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, mate, but I've heard the reputation that you carry with you. So it could be anything. Probably bacteria. Wow. 
middle your middle three fingers your middle three toes those you can do yourself as all body hair then i wouldn't be able to do this okay um no doubt you'll take a picture of it send it to me nipples on men again another one you can do yourself with some sharp scissors your sciatic nerve—that's going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky. You could possibly do, you could possibly dig a hole in your heel and try and pull it, pull out. it out. Yeah. But I, I careful. You might yeah. unravel. Your neck, your forearms. I suggest you, ta- you you go to Bulgaria for these or Indonesia. Your shins or your thighs. One nostril. But it's just a hole. <laughs> no, it's not, though, is it? Yes, it is. Is this part of the nostrils nose just as a well? Hole. No, it's not, though. It's just a hole. It's not. It's just a hole, Kath. And as you said earlier, what's the point of getting rid of something? It's just a hole. <laughs> it's a hernia on your face, isn't it? It's just a hole. It's not. It's not. That's why you never finished medical school. It's just a hole. <laughs> and I have a licence to practice. It's just a hole. <laughs> you're, just, you're just a hole. That used to be my nickname when I used to troll the gate. No, it wasn't. (laughs) Shins or thighs, one or the other. You've got to keep one. Chin. (laughs) That was Sam's. That's the best one. That's the best one. We're just going straight from your bottom lip into your chest. Buttocks. (laughs) One testicle, men only. Yeah. One ovary, women only. Hernias. No, you can't. Yes, it's an absence of your uh, pancreas, <laughs> one kidney, hernia, pancreas, gallbladder, one kidney. Keep moving. Keep moving. <laughs> you won't be able to. <laughs> now we get you get rid of all of that. I reckon we are looking. At, we're probably looking at about. You could lose in one fell swoop about seven stone. It's about seven stone. That's got to be worth it. It's got to be. Forget your diet. You can eat as much as you want. How much of your brain do you actually use? Well. <laughs> Get rid of that. Um, it's taking up space. Okay. Okay. Catherine's. Catherine, please don't follow Catherine's advice. She wants to get rid of a nostril. She just has a hole. <laughs> so you're not going to lose any weight. Uh, so she's in, very angry about something she thought was a hole, but then she actually suggests a hole. And now she's suggesting the brain. Don't remove your brain. You will die. Okay. <laughs> Please, sensible advice. This is Talk Radio. <laughs> Neon lit night talk for torch singers, trolley dollies, and train wrecks like me. Mm. Never know just where the conversation will take you. What I'm going to say sounds ridiculous. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Alrighty, yeah, woo! Now I'm waking up. Now I'm waking up, boy. Wake up, boy. It's time to wake up. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Keep moving, keep moving. What song is that one? Can one finger, one thumb, keep one moving. moving. One, one finger, right, one thumb, okay. keep moving. We're in, we're in, we're in. Oh, now we're out. Uh, Paul Ross is on at one o'clock uh, tonight. He put. Don't worry, don't worry, guys. He puts actual effort into yeah, his does. show. He puts actual effort into his show, which I think is um, is great. But I love the front page of the uh, the Daily Mail. Esther McVeigh, I was a Bernardo's girl. Yeah, it doesn't stop you being a heartless shit, does it? <laughs> That's the thing. She is. She's one of the worst. 
I was a Bernardo's girl for two years. Yeah, you, you, I don't know why you're telling us, because you're still one of the nastiest pieces yeah. of work in politics. Nadine Dorries used to be a nurse. Flip in it. One clue. Uh, right. Um, uh, no, no, no. There's a little, there's a little Quizzington in the mirror. Little... Oh, so I went to my mum's today, because it's her birthday. I didn't want to pop round for like 45 minutes now, because I had to go and pick up the boys. She had a cake. She had a cake, made a cake for it, right, just in time that they'd um, uh, made a cake and uh, it was saying happy birthday, it was nice. Um, but I'm taking a, a Saturday morning, me and the boys are going to go to the pictures uh, together with her, one of those nice ones where they have sofas and they bring you wine and burgers, some food. And and we're going to see a film that I never thought I would go and see at the pictures, but actually I know the kids and she will find it funny, so I'm looking forward to it. Johnny English too. No, I know. I think the boys will really like it because they like Mr. Bean. Yeah, they like him. My kids do. I they, just yeah, no, I don't like Bean. They like him, and I think Mum will find it funny as well. Mm-hmm. I think, and it's it'll be good to, to, to see something that's not a cartoon. Oh, is this Johnny English three? Thank you, Sam. So, sorry, Sam is the Johnny English. Uh, Thanks, Johnny English number Sam. three. He plays a bumbling spy. I'll be. I'm up for that. I'm totally up for that. Saturday morning, as a birthday treat for my mum, going and watch Johnny English. Yeah. I'm up for that. I told you about when I um, lived in Paris and in, a, in an effort to sort of um, make friends with my, I thought, very sophisticated, oh. older uh, woman who um, was my landlady. She was only about 34. I thought she was ancient. We said, let's go and see a film. And I thought, well, what's she going to suggest? You know, she's very artsy. She's a translator of German yeah. and Russian. Yeah, we are. And Japanese, I think, as well. Hey. She's like... Amazing. Yeah, da. Hi. She wants to see Mr. Bean. Uh, Mr. Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean. Uh, Monsieur Bon. <laughs> Monsieur Bon. Monsieur Haricot. Monsieur Haricot. Oh, you're talking. She loved Mr. Bean. But anyway, we were at my mum's today and they were having like, a little party for her. It's a little bit. I feel sorry for some of the carers cause, or some of the volunteers, not the carers, the volunteers. Because they really try hard to create vibe in a place where actually there's not a lot of vibe and people are a little bit miserable. Um, but they got out some games. They got out Family Fortunes game that we were playing the other day. I said, oh, we'll have some of that. The Vernon K version? Yeah, yeah, the Vernon K oh. version. It was great. We have a bit of Family Fortunes. It keeps coming back in my life, which makes me think I'm going to get the Family Fortunes gig. Totally. Um, Hugh! Hello, Ian! Hugh, Hugh, massive idiot! Oh. I'm joking. Hello, Hugh! How are you doing? I'm doing very well, mate. What have you got for us? I was just thinking, how come you didn't uh, cut the ears off? Do you know what? That's a good one. I was thinking about that because you can still hear yeah. Son's ear. Mm-hmm. It's because it's just going to dangle your glasses off. Um, uh, and and women could get away with one breast. Controversial. It's controversial. Yeah, it is controversial, but we're just you know purely for feeding a child, you know. And you, yeah, and mine were no good for that. I might as well just get rid. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have the problem of you know checking the you know swapping the kid around to, to keep them level. You know. <laughs> anyway, gosh, no ears. I was thinking of ears. <laughs> um, Here's the thing, though, Hugh. When one empties, the other one um, like takes over. So actually, it's quite handy to have two ears. Uh, all ear- right. I can't speak man again. Good. Ears are gone. Ears are gone. They are off. We're having it off. We're having a gang bang. Oh, God. Yeah, good. Ever had a gang bang, Hugh? Yeah. 
You were having a gay orgy earlier on. Um, correct. But uh, yes, I was. Um, and yeah. we. But, but have you ever had a gangbang? No, not no, not that I remember. What you is, would remember? What um, is what? What's the highest number of sexual partners you've had in one session? Oh, let me. Uh, what have I seen? I uh, one. Oh, one. All right. <laughs> I know, boring, but there you are, one. No, it's not, bo- hey, it's, not, it's not boring to have lived a sheltered life. I've never done an orgy, right? I, and I've never done, uh, um, like, a threesome. Uh, and it's one of those things, when you're younger, you think, oh, yeah, threesome, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But as you get older, you think, oh, you think oh, I, bet that's, I bet that's a real faff. Someone's, uh, someone's yeah, but no, watching the clock, you know, aren't you know, they? Yeah, watching but the you're what? better clock. off, you know, you're better off giving your attention to one woman at a time. You know, seriously, it's really going to confuse you. Yeah. Never do that. Just stick to one. Okay. That's enough. All right, fine. If, if you're happy with that, I think I think you're probably right, actually. I yeah, think I you're probably, probably right. All right, Hugh. There we go. Oh, he's cut him off. I cut him off before I could say anything. That's, um, that's, what, that, that's what that was. Um, 03444991000. I looked at the quiz in the mirror. It was boring. Oh. Really boring. Oh, this is this is a nice one. Oh, and I've not set I've not set it up. You sent me some lovely clips yesterday. I've not had a chance to set them. Oh, up. Oh, they're such fun. Yeah, I've not I've not um, I've got to, where have I put him? Um, is this it? Hang on a minute. Is this is this the one? I tell us about your stringy uvulin. No, that's not it. <laughs> uh, I think there's enough in the Macabot to have a full conversation. I, well, I need to. I need to load um, the stuff that you sent me yesterday. Yeah. What's this? Stick a pencil out there. No, that's not it. Uh... Stetson. No, ooh, it's a blast from the past. Yeah, it isn't is, it? though, isn't it? Um, where have I put? Um... No. Uh... What is this? I'm rubbing my ribs. I'm rubbing my ribs. That's not it. Uh huh. I've got to sort out these. I've got really got to sort. You really out have. It's a mess. These things. It is. Um, um... My pet monkey bit my mum's ear off. Okay. Oh, there we go. Um. Uh, oh, hang on. We got just had a text message here. My name is Margaret, and I have a lovely pair of thick beef curtains. Okay. No, you don't make curtains out of beef. I think you've got And I'm hair. looking for another pair for my spare room. Has anyone got a pair for sale? Thick beef <laughs> curtains. Am I missing something here? Is that for midnight snacks? Could they be buff? Could they be beige? It could be beige. Could that, Margaret? Uh, it could be some innuendo here that I'm not reading in, which I should understand. It could be, I don't know. Uh, Is she a butcher's wife, do you think? I have no idea. Margaret, you give us a call. You're on 080, your last three digits. Give us a call. Come on here. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, perhaps it's an old-fashioned design. Yeah, very Grab nice. pussy. Yeah, baby. Hi there. Um, not sure what that was. No, I've got... You sent me some lovely McCartney clips, and I need to go through them. I'll do that um, Thursday when I'm supposed to be planning this talk I'm giving to um, asbestos people. Just do that. Let uh, Maka do it. I'm tempted. Um, she loves... She loves... Who? Hey. Maka admits he forgets words to his biggest hits. You talking to a rock legend? <laughs> so Paul McCartney... <laughs> Paul speaking. ...has told 
how he forgets his own songs because they are very hard. Come on! <laughs> the Beatles legend said he had to relearn the lyrics and tunes to his hits before he performed them. You can do it right now, please. And he reveals he dreams of being back in the Beatles. Oh, that's sad, oh. isn't it? That's really sad, actually. With late bandmates John Lennon and George Harrison. Macca, 76, said, I wonder... I wonder if he ever... See, I've read that he has... Well, let me just read this. Okay. Macca 76 said, When I'm doing shows, I listen to a lot of music. Beatles music, Wings music, to see which ones we're going to do and to learn them. Um, He reveals... He reunites the Beatles in his dreams and hangs out with Lennon and Harrison. He said, I often have dreams about John or George. Often if they... Ask if they are good dreams or bad dreams, they, they tend to be very good. That's really nice, right? But I wonder if he ever dreams that he's in the beat. This is such a nerdy thing. I wonder if he ever dreams that he's in the Beatles with Pete Best on drums. Oh. And if he turns around and it's Pete, it's Pete on the drums, and he's like, is he happy to see Pete? Is he angry that it's Pete and not Ringo? I Does wonder. he not know that it's not Ringo until yeah. when he wakes up? You've done that thing before when you yeah, go, oh, yeah. that wasn't yeah. my mum, that was someone else. I mean, that's sweet and sad and probably a little bit of PR magic. He's good at PR, porn and saying things that he knows are getting the papers. But also, it's like, you know, we all have those sort of flashbacky dreams. I have dreams where I'm late for an exam all the time. It's that, isn't it? Mm. And you wake up and you're an old man. Mm. Um, Mark, can't you reveal that after recording the album Revolver, which for me, Revolver is the Beatles' Sergeant Pepper, that's a really clever joke, that. No one ever picks up on that. I think it's a really clever joke. Revolver is the Beatles' Sergeant Pepper. McCartney revealed that after recording the album, Revolver, he became convinced it was out of tune. He said, you know, I got the horrors one day, and I went to the guys. They said, no, it isn't. I go, oh, okay. Great story. Um... <laughs> But Revolver is one of the greatest albums of all time. It's that it's it's beautiful. I mean, the McCartney songs on there for no one. Um, and what's what's the other McCartney song for no one? And um, uh, obviously, got to get you into my life. There's a ballad on there. That's for no one. Oh, what's the other one? I have to look it up now. It's some song, man. Uh, some. Oh, what a shame! My computer isn't doing what I want it to do. Should be, this is me, and this is me, me getting old, right? Because I should be able to um, name that name that song, immediately. Revolver, here, there, and everywhere. Uh, oh, what a what a song! I think it's from the same interview. Apparently, that was the one the John Lennon complimented him on it. He said he never used to compliment me on songs, and he liked that one. That and Rubber Soul are my favourites. Those two go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's like before acid and after acid, those two albums. I like Rubber Soul, but I struggle with um, the song. Um, there's, there's a really misogynistic, yeah. violent song on R- there. Run for your life. Rather see a dead little girl than to be with another man. Mm-hmm. I might lose my head, little girl, and you won't know where I am. You better run for your life if you can, little girl. Hide your head. It's about, about wife beating, which of course we know he did. Come in, Paul Ross. Not Paul Ross, just to say distance himself. Paul Ross is not a wife beater. John Lennon was. It's those, a distance. Those days are gone. Those days are gone. Well done. Better. I used to be cool to my woman. I beat her and kept her apart from the things that yeah, she loved. Yeah. Talking of which. Oh, you know, Paul. 
It's, work, no. it's working it, that. It's, it's working spot. It. Thank you. What's, and, has this been on the floor? Why is this the only no, one? No, oh, oh dear, you had a rough childhood, didn't you? Has this been on the floor? Do you want half? Uh, no, it's right, you're fine. I'm going to be making fudge this weekend with my boys. I'll be bringing that in for you to sample. <laughs> oh, no, thanks. I'll make sure they clean their hands. <laughs> Not theirs, I'm worried about. Thank you, Catherine. I'll do the punchlines for you. <laughs> Good evening, Paul Ross. What are you doing? What's going on? The studio's not prepped for me. Seat design for a giant. What's going on here? Oh. No volume. It's a nightmare. I'm sorry, man. Listen, I had a weird thing today. Yeah, go on. Which I tweeted about. Um, I went for my usual kip about half six. Yeah. Dog came upstairs and he never comes my side of the bedroom. He goes on the other side. Yeah. He's lying on the floor. We've nodded off. I'm in the arms of Morpheus about 90 minutes. Got up, checked the phone, gone downstairs, you know, scratching, gone into the loo, brushed my teeth. And suddenly the dog's bolted back upstairs. Uh And he never does this. I've gone up to my bedroom. No word of a lie. There's a fox in the corner of the bedroom on my side. (gasps) Come on, man. And he's sniffing the little bin there. It's got my little tissues and stuff in. Sorry? Yeah. Well, you know, I blow, you know, runny nose. Okay. Behave yourself. Keep your hands where I can see him. Anyway, no growling, no barking from either of them. The dog, and I've I've photographed this fox uh, with his mate in my back garden a couple of times and tweeted their picture. So anyway, he's in the upstairs bedroom. I've got the dog out. And I thought, what can I do? So I've, I've, I've got my pair of jeans. I've got downstairs in my pants. I've got my jeans on to try and waft him out. I thought, no, that won't work. Like a big so mosquito. I've, so I've, I've kind of gone towards him. So he's gone under the bed and out through the door. But there's a little met sitting at the top. I've got some bookcases. He's lurking there. I've shut the bedroom door and trying to get the phone to take a picture. He's rattled down the stairs, yeah. got into the front room, but it's a kitchen, it's a lounge diner. He's gone to the other side because the dog's in the way. Yeah. It took me about 10 minutes to kind of, and I was thinking, I pulled Valentine over. Still no barking, no growling from the fox. Finally, kind of scuttled out. Strangest that thing. That is incredible. And he really was a beautiful, I mean, I've, I've tweeted pictures of the two of them in the past. Beautiful, hairy, sleek yeah. looking thing. And I'm kind of thinking, I'd love a fox as a pet. Mate, imagine taking like, a lead on that and taking that for a walk. But also, he, he didn't, you know, uh, I mean, foxes, when they do their business, it's absolutely, oh, it's rank. Yeah. None of that, no spraying in the house at all. So I think, because I'd left the door open downstairs, I should have started the story with that, typical of me, setting the scene. So he got in. And I'm now thinking, maybe I should try and sleep downstairs, there's a bedroom downstairs, and leave the door open. You want to catch a fox? To well, catch not catch him, but just, you know, build a little relationship with him. Well, but have you never seen the Birdman of Alcatraz? If he starts having sex in your house, because that is a horrific noise, that's like children yeah. being murdered, yeah. it's a horrible noise. How do you know what children being murdered sounds like? You don't want to know. Um, is it, I've stopped doing it. No, but um, there's, a, there's a phone in. There's a phone in for you. When have you had animal nature in your house? There was a story the other yesterday, I think it was, a, a, a horse walked into a pub. It's not, it sounds like the start of oh, a joke. I saw that. It wandered through, didn't yeah. it? it was just, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a, we had a pigeon in our house once, and there's nothing more frenetic and yeah. exciting than a wild bird Did it come room. down the chimney? No, he sometimes get in, isn't it? No, he didn't. But he came through a little window, and we couldn't get. Oh, it's terrifying! I yeah. took a sparrow in the house once when I was little. It was a really slow, catchable sparrow. Yeah, and uh, it'd been coming in the garden for over a period of about a week, and I've been telling my mum, I've been holding this bird. I don't believe you. Don't believe you. So I took it in the house. <laughs> she went nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What's on your show tonight? On the show tonight, Foxes. we're talking about. Well, I'm gonna, I'll talk a bit about that, but I've kind of told the story now. We're going to be talking about the um, emotional telepathy of dogs of the leading American academic, which I'm looking forward to. We know they read our moods, but they can apparently read our moods when we don't say anything. Oh. They can recognise body language. This woman seems to think, which is going to be fascinating. We're also because we're trying to tick off countries around the world on the late, late, early, early show. We've now visited almost 70 different countries. We're going to Nigeria for the first time this Fantastic. morning because it was well their done. Independence Day only on the second, so they're big celebrations. There yep. are commemorations for that. So we're talking about that and also on the program plenty of the usual old tosh excellent stuff it's always honestly oh including yeah 
On this day in history, October the 3rd, the first time that Elvis Presley performed in public at the Alabama Dairy Fair, he came second. He was ten years old. We're going to be playing the song he performed. Who, what, was it Old Shep? Of course it was. Of course it was. Ruined, I thought... Doesn't he ruin everything? Oh, sorry. Well, no. I was, that was, I was trying to do a little hooker there. Catherine, what I was he's doing awful. there. He's awful for that. Well, hook, hook him in, she said to me. Hook him in, Paul. It, well, Ian won't spoil it. Hook him in. It might have been Old Shep, or it might... I want to know who won. Anyway, <laughs> you'll find out after one. This is Talk Radio.